Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts. This is Spotlight, the official podcast of Gravel. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. Well, I'm JP. Oh, we're all here, lads. Joe, we weren't expecting you. You just got back from a stag do, and uh, something's compelled you to uh, to come on the show. Great to have you though on this uh, on this Tuesday night. Well, all I can say is that uh, I'm not feeling great. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's hit me hard. I've come down with a cold. This isn't because I was like, you know, lads, 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 stag, stag, stag. It's more because I've been basically playing the father figure for several days while on a stag and being the sensible one, believe it or not. Mark Corrigan. Very much Mark Corrigan. And JP dangled, um, how can I put it, progress-based content in front of me. In the same way the strippers dangled their tits in front of my mates in a strip club the other night and they ran a mu- well, they ran off into booths and I sat there in my ivory tower judging them for being fucking idiots. And I got far more excited by progress based content than I did tits. So wow. I don't know what that says about me and I don't know what it says about, you know <laughs> what turns me on possibly. <laughs> You should have asked to speak to the manager at one of these strip joints. I believe that's a, that's an effective technique. Was it a was it a good trip all in all, though, Joe? Was it worth it? If I'd have spoke to the manager, I'd have been interacting with the Polish mafia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this strip club. Do you want to hear what happened? Go for it. I had a cracking trip. Um, well, I say that parts of it were the uh, karaoke bar on the first night was wonderful. Had some cracking beer. Joe's beer corner. We've had a field day with some of these polish vice beers i'll tell you that much um i went down in a little bit once you know certain lads turned up who i didn't really know and turned it into stag 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 or at least attempted to they were all completely baffled by me the fact that i was turning down shots and refusing <laughs> to take part in drinking games my god i was not very popular with uh, certain younger lads on the trip let's just say but uh that's not like you ah there we go i told one of the guys i'd retired from clubbing and he was just like utterly baffled by what that meant i told him that i needed saudi money to come out of retirement (laughs) do a a sean michaels but no unfortunately i got goaded into a strip club one night and uh wow what can i say about this uh strip establishment um I got in there and sat on my phone. Uh, what did I text you, JP? You said, I'm sat in a strip club reading The Observer. <laughs> I think I was watching Match of the Day at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was surrounded by strippers who were trying to talk to me, blowing smoke in my fucking face. If there's something that you'd want to turn me off by, you know, don't buy smoke in my fucking face. Um, <laughs> uh, one stripper <laughs> saying to me, like... Um, you look very sad. Can I make you happy? He's like, you can have a go. 
like, oh, you don't look happy. I'm like, I'm not going to be happy. Just leave me alone. Like, I'm not going to give you any money. It's a waste of time talking to me. But anyway, um, one of my mates was getting whipped and all sorts. The snag was getting whipped by a stripper. Mm. It was all very awkward. He got taken into private. And while he was in private, he went missing for about 45 minutes. And an alarm bell started ringing. So me and another mate who were a bit less drunk than everyone else there... Uh, who weren't partaking in the shots that were being passed around with the strippers, um, uh, inquired with the madam of the strip club as to where he was. Um, <laughs> we were told that he was still in private having a fun time um, for 45 minutes. Uh, we carried on haggling, said, can you get him out of private? No, we cannot interrupt private. Like I asked if it was some part of Polish legislation that you couldn't interrupt private because he was not comfortable being in there for 45 minutes. I know the bloke. We then tried to pretend that we were streaming uh, this interaction on Facebook Live. The madam shat herself and then got my mate out of private. He emerged with his top off, looking completely worse for wear. He was taken hostage by three strippers and a security guard who tried to ply him with mysterious red shots. Um, they also stole his credit card and, and carried out transactions on his credit card. Bloody hell. Uh, so he had all these declined transactions on his credit card. We ran a mile. Some of the, uh, how can I put it, more idiotic members of the uh, crew stayed in the club. Uh, Unfortunately, the next morning, they found out that they were spiked by these red shots that they managed to consume while on the trip, um, that the strippers were pouring down their throats. And one of them had £600 taken out of his account. Another one had declined transactions on his account as well. One of my mates woke up on a building site, didn't know he got there. (laughs) (laughs) Was just looked awful when I saw him. His clothes had rubble all over him. Just an absolute state. Said he'd never felt so hungover in his life. And this bloke can drink as well. Um, He was definitely spiked. I looked into it. Turns out that there's a Polish strip club scam that is pretty well known, where Mm. all these Polish strip clubs are basically run by the mob. And they get tourists inside them and basically try to empty their bank accounts. I found a documentary, if anyone's interested, from Polish television with English (laughs) subtitles with a British and a New Zealand tourist talking all about it. It was fucking scary. Oh, my God. And I'm glad that we all got home alive because I did read that someone was apparently murdered in this strip club a couple of years ago as well. So, Jesus. Yeah. Crack on. It's, it's, <laughs> instead of like streaming it on Google or, or Facebook that you said you're doing, you should have told them you're going to be discussing this on the official Grapple App podcast. Who you represent? Maybe they would have listened to you then, Joe. Um, exactly. Fuck me. Like I, I, I love Crack I've been a few times, and I went. That it, most recently, yeah. like I went last year, and I did notice a big difference. Like you couldn't cross that main. I love that main square, but you can't cross it as a group of lads without getting stopped by. 20 different people trying to flog you on going to a strippers like 20 is an exaggeration but if i said six or seven it probably isn't if you try and get all the way across that main square and uh, yeah i, I did always I, wonder if in, that was the setup. now this wasn't on the main square this was in the jewish quarter oh this really? was next hey this was next door to that that bar you recommend oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now that you say it, i do remember the beer girls outside trying to get people to go to places was the bar good at least joe i sent you to the hipster area did you at least like that 
the bar was excellent. The beer was wonderful. The the um, falafel and halloumi salad that I consumed that night, <laughs> um, I was quite full, was a cracking bit of salad as well, i got to say, staying on brand there. Um, yeah, it was a – your recommendations, Benno, went down an absolute tree. Uh, but the trip, unfortunately, will be defined by the <laughs> oh, harrowing <goodness>. strip club <laughs> experience that could have been a lot worse. Uh, yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> Uh, I assume that you got out. You got out with uh, with no money stolen, and you're okay. Have they, have they they all got their money back, or like, what's the situation? Or they just all just all red faced about it now, and it's just, it's just. Well, gone. luckily, luckily, only one of the guys got money taken, and he's trying to get his money back. And he's he's we found all sorts of stuff on different websites, on forums. There's all sorts of knowledge about this out there. Hmm. Unfortunately, we didn't have the foresight to look in the first place. But fortunately for me. Um, being a judgmental prick yeah. um, who <laughs> will not engage with strippers because I don't know. I love a bit of I love tits and ass, but Jesus, I don't need to pay to see tits and ass in a strip club. Um, yeah, it it put me in a good place. That's all I'll say. And luckily, I was sober at that point and managed to get some of us out of there. But yeah, not all of us, and those who didn't go suffered. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say. Yeah. Jesus. So if you go to Poland, avoid strip clubs. Yeah, probably probably good advice. Really, yeah, avoid that. Um, just yeah, the, it is like a lovely. Like I, I want to hate the you know Poland's tourism because it's such a lovely city with so many great things. But as with all great things, that is yeah something I've noticed over the last ten years. There's just because so many lads, lads, lads go out there on tour. It's just a honey trap now at this point. But definitely didn't realize it was that bad. Um, did you go to that CK Bro War place that I mentioned off the main square, like the big brewery? Place that was the, the one place we were we were going to go to. We didn't end up getting to. Annoyingly, oh, we were going to go to. We went to a Krakowia game one day, uh-huh. and their stadium was nearby. We were going to get there before oh, the game. To there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. we just didn't have time to fit it in, unfortunately. Uh, I think some people were a bit too hungover <laughs> and didn't want to start getting on it again that quickly. So, uh, see, I was going to ask any any recommendations for Joe's beer corner. At least, like, did you get that out of it or not? Red shots, uh, not not red spiked <laughs> cherry shots. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, there was a vice beer with a Viking on the front, and I cannot remember the name of it, but it was delicious. And also the Zvich vice beer as well was bloody okay. good. That was going down a treat. Brilliant. The karaoke night, I was singing a bit of Thunder Road while uh, <laughs> sipping on one of them. It was great. <laughs> great times. JP, I don't know if you could top that. Uh, has that ever happened I'd... to you in your time? Ever been, ever been mugged off by a sex worker? I feel like there could be a story there. <laughs> yes. Um... That's that's not happened. Um, <laughs> what, what about when you left a strip club? Oh, what the mansplaining pounds in a pint glass? That was at Stag do I had to go to in Amsterdam, and it was all full of the horrific stuff that we didn't have any experiences like that. But it, it was like kind of bleakness. And in those areas, like I, I tend to just think, no, nah, stay on it. It just is like for me, it just reminds me of dodgy parts of London when I'm a kid. Mm. So. Um, on this one, though, one one of the places we were taken to, I was asking, I not do the pound and a pint glass thing, which I just assumed was happening, and I ended up explaining to them outside. Yeah, mansplaining stripping to strippers, um, which is a, a terrible look at the best of times. So, yeah, 
it's I'm too old for stag do's. If you're too old for that type of like that type of stuff, I'm definitely too old. I think the only time I ever do is like WXW or with you, Benno. You bring it out with me. I drunk less than anyone there, and I am like dead, like complete. I don't know if it's just like panic and the experience and all the rest of it, but I'm dead. Sounds horrific. <laughs> sounds it sounds great to me, to be honest. Yeah. Like I, all I've... I did this weekend was watch sports. So. <laughs> Parts we'll of it were good, JP, and I, I only spent 150 pound oh, yeah. the entire weekend. Oh, because, it's so cheap, you know, isn't it? Like it is ridiculous. Like that. That's the reason to go back. Like. I've been to Warsaw as well. That's a bit more expensive, but that's so cheap. Um, although saying that, when I went to Warsaw on this podcast, we did talk about that, and I got dragged into a conversation with Polish Tommy Robinson supporters, so we probably haven't done a lot for the uh, the tourism board of Poland. But it's cheap, lads. So it's, it's still worth going. Oh, like, I saw a few of them at that Krakowia game, and there was one, one lad on our trip who was black, and he was getting some looks the oh entire God. time. Comments were definitely being made. And some of the strippers... Refer to him in quite interesting terms, let's say, Jeez. which I won't repeat on the podcast. Uh, well, the food's good and the beer's good. There is that, but fuck me, yeah, that's a that's a problematic place. Like uh, the last strip, uh, the last strip, the last um, <laughs> stag do <laughs> I went slip, on. Huh? Let's not get into that. Uh, the last stag do I went on went to Benidorm, and I was kind of the same as you, Joe. Where like the main stag group were in one hotel, and I literally booked. My, I was really antisocial and booked a separate hotel. And just I kind of partaked in some of the madness, but when it got a bit crazy, I'd just sit by the pool uh, and chill out. Um, is that, I know I is that the one where you had the stag on the bucking bronco and you were watching Ronda Rousey on the wall? On Ronda, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and arguing with people on Twitter by poolside. That wasn't a great time, uh, that little summer holiday. Uh, that's maybe the best thing you can do at our age is to, yeah. I don't know, maybe keep you... Uh, you're a man after my own heart, Joe. Just uh, keep yourself away from the, uh, from the madness. You're not going to have something like that for yours, are you? I'm not having a stag, though. <laughs> Fuck Do it, it Mark Commode style. Well, go and see The Exorcist. At the PFI yeah. South Bank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. It's quite nice. We always, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I was quite glad that my weekend was the complete opposite. Oh, here we go. What did you get here up to, JP? I believe there was like a big, was there a big sporting event at the <sighs> weekend? And um, England did really well. There'd be a. Beat Ireland in the rugby, that's the big story, isn't it? Is that not the... Uh, oh, that they got an absolute, absolute fucking tonking at the rugby. <laughs> Do you know what? It had the look of one of those weekends. Now, if anyone's in like sport, you can shit out of luck for the next few minutes. Um, it was like, for me, it started off like with the cricket, which had started on the Thursday. So I've been following the cricket for the two days, which had started to go horrifically for England. But by day, they'd start to build themselves into a decent position on day three. And around that same time, I was watching the football, um, which there were some good games on this weekend, and the build-up to Liverpool-Arsenal. I got away on the stag. Everyone went back to the hotel, and I was like, oh, I can't be bothered with all the bullshit. I'm going to just go and watch Arsenal-Liverpool on my own. And mm. everyone went back and got ready for a big night out and got put their glad rags on and then went to a strip club. And I went in in what I was wearing, sweating my ass off after watching a good Arsenal-Liverpool game. Sorry, carry on. That's all right. But it was my one bit of lone well, time and it was wonderful. <laughs> I got like a bad vibe when England in a World Cup warm-up absolutely tonked the hell out of Ireland in the rugby. So I was watching that and he went straight into Liverpool-Arsenal. And even though it wasn't the like the horror show it was last year, still lost three one. And I thought, oh, it's one of those weekends, is it, when it all goes to shit, and I've got to 
do some sort of Mugabe media lockdown when it comes to like reading anything about Arsenal could just go, I can't be bothered with it. But instead, on the Sunday, the cricket was absolutely fucking amazing. I was trying to think of a wrestling analogy for you two. For me, it's basically like the World Cup final is kind of like watching, for me, Akada Omega first time round. It was just like, this is incredible. I haven't seen anything like this. And it was absolutely wild. This is like the follow-up six weeks later that they had, I want to say, a Dominion when Kenny, the two out of three falls match, which in some ways is kind of better because there's a whole storyline of this. And I'm going to go into it, Ben. Have I lost you two yet? Sorry, what? No, you... <laughs> so I'm, just wake myself well, up, Jamie. Carry on. <laughs> I am going to carry on. Oh, so you had, you had day four on the Sunday set up with Joe Root in there. who's had a shit ashes series, not been batting well. In there with Ben Stokes, who's only he's only got like two off fifty at that point. First four overs. Of I don't play, know what that means. No runs, or basically scoring incredibly slowly, and he's not that kind of batsman. And then basically the game kind of flowed. Joe Root got out early before the new ball and everyone thought when the new ball comes, England are fucked because they can't bat for shit. Yet somehow got through it with a new batsman, Johnny Bairstow. And then he teamed with Stokes. Stokes got a bit more into it, then lost a couple of quick wickets. Everyone thought it was over again. And more or less, it ended up with Ben Stokes having to get 73 by himself with the last batsman, Jack Leach, who weirdly hit 92 against Ireland in a previous crazy test match that you two didn't want to discuss on this podcast, but I tried to (laughs) shoehorn it in. But there we go. Um, He was batting and he got one not out and Ben Stokes just like kind of went absolutely fucking berserk, like both of them in 81, won the test match kind of single-handedly. England are still in the ashes. If they lost that game, it would have been 2-0. The ashes would have been retained. E, do you know what the ashes are? Somewhere between England and Australia. Yeah, we'll keep it to that. And you watched it on Christmas Day once. Yeah, I on, did. On your own. On yeah. Your Brian Lara cricket. And, I did. And then cooked yourself a Christmas dinner. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty much true. I also watched Jaws that one. It was a cracking Christmas. Mm. You always meant to say the one with the kids are the best, but that one was up there. Um, but yeah, this was like the most unbelievable fucking game of cricket. I was going berserk. Had no one had expected it to go this far. It was nearly a tie. Um, yeah, it was unbelievable. But you, the absolute lack of response from you two on this kind of <laughs> what tells the story here. Didn't you go to? Yeah, there we go. Didn't you go to a cricket match last week? Yeah, I went with uh, I went with my son. I went to the T Twenty. And what uh, sort of Lords. people were you surrounded by, JP? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> come on! <laughs> it was very posh, very very posh. There were like people in front of me with like kind of picnics. They're eating tapas and drinking what? prosecco, which they've been able to bring in. Oh, fuck <laughs> that! Selling it sounds awful. Fever tree gin and it sounds gin, like all this stuff. It sounds like a cricket match was going on while like the Great British Bake Off they was did. taking place <laughs> at the same time, mu- and they played in the music stands. in between the balls and all sorts. These flames came up from the crowd, like to try and liven things up. Hampshire won. I thought you'd be happy. Ah, uh, don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> could be worse, mate. He could be talking about the Great British Bake Off tours right now. 
So at least I'd rather the this. Great British Bake Off than than cricket, mate. The <laughs> cakes I managed to get out of the Great British Bake Off last year, my girlfriend was making the whatever they made on the Bake Off that we can take it into work. Oh, I lived off that for a good couple of years. She's not doing it this year, and I'm a bit gutted. Well, so right. give me cake over Tories watching sports <laughs> any day. <laughs> I know, I thought you were very liberal, JP, but I'm learning things about you. I am. I thought you were Irish I, as well. I am. Is this about? Who do you even root for? That was a question we got today. Like, do you root for England? Like, what, what's, your, what's, what's your game, JP? No, I, I, I would... I, what, in cricket? Mm. Oh, cricket's the really dodgy one. Because Ireland really didn't have... Like, they've not had a test side until recently. So there's not really been a side that plays at that high enough level where it'd be on TV outside of being England. I have to admit, every other sport... It's Ireland first, before before um, before England. Not that I hate England. My mum's English. It's just that uh, my dad brainwashed me. There's no other fucking way to go about it. Just had it drilled mm. into my head from a young age. And Euro '88 happened, and that was pretty awesome. When it comes to the cricket, there's this kind of I'm split on it still because it's 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 testing me on this one. But obviously, like England, you're going to get the good stuff. Ireland is it's going to be a lot of heroic failure. Mm. There you go. It was a bit more bittersweet than probably any of us intended. <sighs> how was your weekend? How was, how was your weekend? Let's never talk about cricket on here again. <laughs> I know. I wish my weekend was any more exciting, JP. But yeah, didn't go to any strippers. Didn't watch any cricket. Went to a nice barbecue for my mate's birthday. Went to a mate Cole's or Ken Barlow's house in real life. Ah. That was fun. Uh, I took a picture of it. I'll send it to you after the show. <laughs> nice big gates, as you'd imagine, Ken Barlow. What's the actor's name? Um, William Roach. William yeah. Roach. Don't right? get his front door because he might end up with a Meza Urzel style situation. That's it, yeah. hide away from, from robbers <laughs> and the rest of it. Was he about, Bill? Did he not come over? Didn't spot him, didn't spot him. But yeah, we moved into the, the same street as him. And yeah, next time you guys come up here to the northwest, maybe we'll go over there on a tour. We can go oh. say hello to old Ken. Actually, it was a celebrity spot on weekend. I was sat outside the bar in Liverpool. Tim Roth just walked past like he was just a normal member of the public. Apparently Tim Roth? Yeah, apparently he's overshooting there. What's that tin show on uh, Sky Atlantic? Tin... Tin Star. Yeah, Tin Star. It. Yeah, apparently they shoot a lot of it in Birkenhead. So we missed out on that, lads, when you came to Liverpool. <laughs> we did, uh, did see some of that. Um, that pub would have been a good film, certainly the one we went into beforehand. Oh, we'd loved it. I bet you'd have there every weekend. Gangsterish type shite around there, couldn't you? <laughs> I think he's in there every weekend chat- chatting to the locals about Reservoir Dogs. I think it uh, makes sense why he's up. He's done all right for himself. So he's still amazing, isn't it? Still Reservoir Dogs for me. It still ends up being the performance I end up thinking of. Mm, yeah, I think that's his defining performance. Of that yeah. uh, Prick Up Your Ears, I think yeah, is a great yeah. film. Oh, no, that's not him. That's Gary Oldman. Yeah, that's Gary Oldman. <laughs> I'm getting, I always get those two confused for some reason. Wasn't he supposed to be in Once Upon a Time, but they literally cut him out of the whole film? They I'll cut his role out, yeah. He's yeah. in the credits Yeah. Oh. on that. We haven't spoken about Have you seen that yet? That's a spoilerific. I haven't. Go see it. It's well worth it. It it, it almost feels like you can't spoil stuff in here by saying about it. I would say go see it. I'll be fascinated to know what people think. Even saying to look out for something gives too much of a spoiler. When you you did go to see it, did did you get, was anybody cheering the faces and booing the heels in the cinema while you were there? (laughs) I'm I'm interested in that. Fuck me. Well, no, it's not an episode of Friends, is it? Let's face it. (laughs) 
mean, well, it's it's you're not going to get that kind of reaction in the uh, cinema. Well, there was certainly a stand a standing ovation at the end. That's normally how it is. Has, has that ever happened to you in real life? Like, I, like this is like Meltzer's latest breakdown on his. Like he's talked about it on the podcast. I think I'm sure it made the newsletter as well. Uh, Roman Reigns isn't over because he didn't get a reaction when he came on screen in the cinema. It's like I'm assuming it's just an American thing that people do. People cheer when cameos come on, or like, like I've, I've, I've I reckon there's probably isolated incidents of it happening. But overall, is it just that like as a, as a British people, uh, films. yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really but, the only. So when I've been to the cinema in America, oh yeah, good thing, yeah. That those are the only times I've ever heard any like cheering or like wooing. I remember when I saw the first Wolverine film, which was utter shite, mm. when I lived in New York, and people were like cheering when Wolverine was in the Civil War, and I was just like, "All right, a bit weird." And then I remember people clapping the credits, and one of the British guys I was with telling people to shut up. To which I was like, "You shut up," because that's what they do over here. Leave them to it. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I've seen a good few films over there. Um, but yeah, I have seen people cheer in the cinema, but I don't remember any like cameo or an actor appearing on screen that got like cheers or anything. That is something I've never experienced in the cinema. wonder if Undertaker got a pot when he turned up in Suburban Commando or <laughs> any other like, wrestling cameos I've ever got. Like, imagine the longest yard when Goldberg turns up, when Austin oh. turns up, when Kevin Nash turns up. See, I pop for Kevin Nash in my own house, but that was just me. Me and JP pop for Kevin Nash at work, mate. We can do you one better. <laughs> yeah. And when I watched John Wick with, uh, with my lads, I was like... Oh. Kevin Nash, and which, to which oh, Tommy knew that. Me and my brother watched it with my dad and looked at each other like, yes, to which my dad was like, is that a wrestler? <laughs> like, <laughs> knows us well. <laughs> Brilliant. But, yeah, I think it's just one of the, another one of those uh, melter blind spots, like what you said before, mm-hmm. JP, the whole thing where he's got this he's convinced that joey from friends is a huge star in the uk and that therefore therefore friend the uk is behind because we were into friends years after america i think uh i'll make cheapy i'll cheap shop pretty much said there was a whole thing on is the he on of, it was on like a figure four forum maybe five years ago will cooler was talking about it as podcast i think Alan Sheepshot said you can trace it back to apparently Melter was in the country and went into like a Poundland in Manchester and stole loads of Friends merch and just from that <laughs> extrapolated in his head Jesus. that we were years behind the uh, the American culture and therefore were you know jumping on the Friends bandwagon years late and therefore you can take the rule that the UK is always years late on Friends. I mean Friends has always been big over here. Joey did do Top Gear as well. I will give him that, but. Yeah, it's quite the uh, quite the stretch there. I'm surprised you haven't heard well, that I one before. Matt LeBlanc is probably more famous over here than he is in the US, possibly because he did like that episodes show as well that was on that the was BBC. On a, yeah, yeah, kind of had like a second career. Didn't it? it was a BBC America show, yeah. wasn't it? Mm. But at the same time, that's it's not because we're behind them, is it? <laughs> no, it's what Seinfeld is in America, where it's syndicated. The syndication rights sell for millions every yeah. time they come up. And Seinfeld is still like part of kind of American culture in many ways, especially in like the New York and like more metropolitan sort of areas. Like 
that's just an odd thing to assume. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's, did he did he judge what we like in film by the Poundland Pound selection of DVDs <laughs> while he was there as well? I think you so, so was he thinking just a fucking nation of mania? Imagine if he was looking for some healthy food to keep his figure up and he was oh, Poundland. I was going to say, what did he do? Does he does he judge all of the food we eat every time he walks in? A, I don't know, fucking Heron food. Right? <laughs> I've just imagined him melting. They just like this through. love frozen stuff over. That's all they eat. Imagine him walking through Poundland. Like me and you were in Poundland today, weren't we? <laughs> we were in. Imagine Poundland if we saw him today. in there. Oh, he's it's quite a big one. It's quite a deep Poundland, Benno. This ain't much. But. Just, just imagine getting your impression of an entire society based on Poundland, and there being some Pamela Anderson posters on the wall, and there being some some Joey Tribbiani <laughs> stuff. You, you're not going to get a good impression of any any country, are you? Really? Uh... That's just Meltzer for you. You got to love it. He's got he's got his blind spots, and if you don't like it, go and argue with him about it on Twitter. He'll block you. So you know, oh, what yes. can you do? Uh, but. I suppose, speaking of Twitter, we've gone 25 minutes and we haven't talked about the the reason you're here, Joe. We should probably get into some of the stuff we're going to talk today. Obviously, this isn't a... It's not going to be a review-heavy podcast at all. Probably, probably a shorter one than normal. Uh, going to get into some news, going to talk some uh, Wednesday Night Wars, some AEW, some of the shows coming up this weekend. But let's start at the top with one of our our favourite subjects, Uh, Lads, apparently, uh, Brit Res isn't dead, but progress. Definitely, there's a, is there a question there? There's a whole, it's been a whole thing this weekend. Uh, Joe Atherton, uh, whose podcast you appeared on yesterday, JP? Uh, I did, yeah. <laughs> put a post, a photo up of the uh, the progress show at the weekend, the uh, chapter show at the ballroom. Yet another show that didn't sell out. Uh, lots of empty seats in the photo that he posted. Lots of space in the standing areas that once upon a time, lads, we used to. Uh, Occupy, uh, and it's caused a, a bit of a stir. I mean, I was going to say actually before we get into that, I mean, yeah, Progress did have a chapter on on Sunday. I don't know if you you're aware of that, Joe. I mean, could you name a match? Any idea or any of the matches from Progress's chapter on Sunday? Mm. <laughs> right, I saw they had a show, and uh, in between uh, calming my mate down who had been drugged at the airport, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in between. Jeez. Looking, he wasn't drugged at the airport. We were at the airport while I was calling him down, and in between, she said to him just one minute. I've just got to check what's going on at chapter well, ninety-four. Well, uh, and in between, looking at posts regarding this strip club establishment and the horror kind of settling in more and more, uh, I thought, well, I saw, but apparently there was a progress show going on at the same time, and had a sneaky look at the results. And for this looks like the worst progress show ever, certainly the worst ballroom show ever. Um, but no, I've completely forgotten everything that was on the card. So Jordan that Brace probably is, tells you Jordan why Brace back. is apparently the progress women's champion. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, she won their women's tournament, just nullifying that, beating Nina Samuels in the main event of a progress. That was chapter. the main event. Yep. Yeah, they had a little tournament for who faces Mako Satamora. Ali Pali. You know that Why progress is... legend, Mako Satamara? So has she ever appeared in Pro... She hasn't, has she? No. She's okay. shows. Perhaps they're trying to get all the people from Wolves who love Mako <laughs> Satamara now to London for the weekend. They do like to do pro- yeah, Wolves uh, booking six months late. If you want to go from like the... I mean, that was like a tournament final, and I get what to put focus on the women's division. Yeah. Semi-made event, I love them. But Eddie Kingston beat Chris Brooks by count-out. Any takers going to watch that one, Joe, when it comes out? 
I'm not watching an ounce of this show, I tell you. They're not getting a minute out of me. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, so, uh, like, one of the big stories coming out of this show, you know, apart from the the photo that Joe put out there, there was essentially a bit of wrangling, and and I know uh, personally, and you both do as well, people who are progress season ticket holders who are unable to, because these shows aren't selling out anymore, because these chapters aren't selling out, they can't resell, or they couldn't up until this week, uh, resell their tickets. So that's probably a reason why there's more empty seats th- than you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just the cricket, JP. Uh, but that was kind of an issue. So progress in, in response to that, like a, a nice, I think a good gesture, have said that they're going to start allowing season ticket holders to resell their tickets, even if the show doesn't sell out on like a trial basis. But yeah, they sent this email out to email subscribers and gave... It definitely felt like it came from the mind of John Briley. Uh, a big list of all the reasons of of what you know what is going on right now and why uh, the situation is as it is with maybe the shows and that selling out. And it made some really entertaining reading. I mean, JP, I'm sure you saw on Twitter the other day Dan Reed making a similar mm-hmm. argument about kind of the state of Brit res, and I think he put it quite well, quite succinctly. A few of the bigger yeah. issues that aren't just nxt uk but yeah it was just this email from progress is absolutely hilarious like there's i understand like i'm not stupid i know that you can't if you're progress you probably can't just go in an email yeah it's nxt uk's fault but then again maybe don't do the email because the email goes through all the list of reasons of you know that they've had listened to season tech to hold the feedback and the the entertainment sector in the uk is uh currently in a strange place apparently edinburgh, edinburgh fringe ticket sales are down i had a few people in my no- notifications today saying that is actually not true uh that it was uh, one of the better edinburgh fringes that of all time the, that the theater industry is being kept afloat apparently by blockbuster west end shows goes on to list all the departure of defiance pro wrestling chaos in bristol the merging of ipw and wrestling league uh and that there's lots more movements happening in brit res and the the main point that they make joe is that well the UK economy in general is actually in a sort of pre-brexit status and no one not knows what's going on so you know that that's kind of you know that the housing market has slowed down the job market has contracted exchange rates have gone absolutely fucking mental to quote the email uh which has really messed up any companies that trade in the eurozone the cost of living has gone up in the last 12 months people have got you know there's more choice than ever for their disposal income when they've got it uh and they're in they're in all leads up to well you know if you're a season ticket it's a big investment so with all these economic changes and all these reasons that there are you know problems that with you know the secondary market not being there because uh, people aren't buying tickets to progress shows in the great numbers that they were before. Shows aren't selling out like they used to, and these season tickets can't get rid of the tickets. The 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 very generous offer from progress was well, from now on, even if they don't sell out, you can you can get rid of your tickets. But the fact that it was preempted by this these paragraphs of of reasons why why apparently progress aren't selling their shows out anymore. Not mentioning the letters NXT UK. Not mentioning the fact that the progress has been in progress in general and the product has been in dire straits for the last two years. It's been, let's be honest, lads, pretty fucking shit for two years straight. Uh, with rare moments where they give you a little bit of hope, or at least gave me a little bit of hope with the odd good show. Uh, but no, apparently, yeah, it's uh, it's the Eurosceptics. It's the it's Brexit. Uh, it's the economy. <laughs> 
What do you make of it, Joe? Well, I, I love how it's like, I don't know, Jacob Rees-Mogg, the ERG, Nigel Farage, Boris Johnson, Gove. I can keep listing Brexiteers if you want me to. It's, the, it's all their fault. And you know what? If this is a way to rally support for a Remain vote and a referendum, <laughs> then good work, John Briley. But I suspect it's not. <laughs> it's just the most convoluted, poor us list of excuses I've ever read. Like, I was laughing when I was reading this earlier. Like, it's fucking hilarious. Like, this is absolute comedy gold. Like, how do they expect like think about it this way ipw right mm. ipw went bust for a variety of reasons the main one being they fancied a piss up in new york so spent whatever cash they had on a big trip to new york to put on a vanity show that drew what, seven people or something paying a pound a dollar a ticket a dollar a ticket yeah now come on like to lump yourself in with that, I think people are going to believe it, is utterly ridiculous. And also, the crowd of people, let's be honest, who are probably going to West End theatre shows probably aren't necessarily wrestling fans. Yeah, I'm sure there's some form of crossover. I could, Tourists go, though. Yeah, I could, well, the big ones. But I could yeah. whip out some Meltzer star statistics about, like, I don't know, 236 people bought this out of the 75% of that. But I'm not going to because it's a lot of bollocks. I don't know why he does it. But <laughs> at the same time, like, I'm not buying that, I don't know, whatever theatre show goes on in South London mm. is in the same bracket as Progress and has... an as a has the same user base as progress because wrestling is very niche theater is very niche outside of those big big shows they play to mostly different audiences i just think that straws are being clutched at so hard there and at the end of the day it's the product the product has been utter shit for so long yeah i probably had more disposable income two years ago than i do now I stopped going to progress shows two and a half years ago mm. and I've had no interest really in going back since. Yeah, I've been to the odd one now and then, but really, no, this is not Brexit no. that has led to this decline. It is a poor product. It is an overstretched team of guys who are putting this product and another product together at exactly the same time. Basically, this is NXT UK that has led to this decline. It's NXT UK that has led to the lack of interest in British wrestling. And we said this was coming how long ago? Two and a half years ago, mm. I think it was. No, the moment no it was about two involved. years ago, wasn't it? It was about yeah, two yeah. years ago. It was around the top of Bricks. Hold on, when was... Ali Pali. Ali, Ali Pali. Yeah, we said the signs were there and this was sort of going to the dogs. Mm. And... To make these excuses, I think, is insulting to their fan base. Mm-hmm. I think it's insulting to their season ticket holders. And I don't think the season ticket holders wanted to read this long, convoluted list of poor us reasons. They just wanted to know that they were getting a decent deal out of being able to resell their season ticket. Mm. Absolute bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> JV. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. To, it's, it's hard to... I mean... I, when I read through this, and you know, yeah, we are just going to rag on progress really for a bit a, longer here. Oh, as well. the, I'll yes, be honest, that that's the social media manager was very interested in whether we're going to be covering this on the podcast today. 
Has he ever listened to the fucking podcast? <laughs> like Joe said, I'm, I'm very genuinely curious. Then at that point, <laughs> I think we've been. Covering... Is there an issue that we've we've shied away from? <laughs> Possibly for libelous stuff at various points. We might have thought, uh, but oh, no. We tend to say what we think, and I think that's the issue on this. This is about, you know, who do we do this show for? Ultimately, it's not for wrestling companies. It's not for wrestling promoters. It's not for people necessarily working in the business, for fans. And this is a, a fan-led kind of story. And then the, the interaction being there is it's just so piss poor. And mm. I think the fundamental reason is, and, you know, talk about it loads. It's not an event. A chapter show is not an event anymore. They used to feel like events. When I first met you, Benno, the reason you were coming down from Liverpool mm. to a cha- to a, to a chapter show is like I can't fucking yeah. miss this. Yeah. It's an event, this, and it no- and it hasn't been an event for quite some time. This podcast and- was originally slated very many moons ago when we first oh. talk- started talking to Indy Corner about going on there. My initial pitch was for us to be a progress fan podcast. Like that's that's where we come from. Like wow. it turned into It'd British be fascinating now how that would have fucking turned out. It would have lasted about six minutes before we got uh, chased out of the ballroom with uh, with pitchforks, I think. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it turned into a British wrestling podcast, which turned into whatever this monstrosity is today. But yeah, to, just, just before you go further, JP, just to rewind on that point you said at the start, like, this is just stuff, and as Joe said, that we've been saying about progress for, again, two years, and not just us, like, you know, the the, the likes of my colleagues on the British Wrestling Experience over on Post, you know, the, the likes of Brit Rev Roundtable, the likes of most of the intelligent people that we talk about wrestling with could, could see this say, do you remember Love the Graps going? Yeah. That... Going quite a lot as well, and I'm not, I'm not going down there. That's it. Like, yeah, almost like one of the first before we stopped going. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I like. So yeah, I mean, all it is for me is that people are just catching up. It, it, it's taken a while, mm-hmm. but people are finally catching up to the fact that yeah, the, the progress is not what it was, and it it is an extremely. If you're, you try and watch it as a story based promotion, just like it's it's parent company, it's a it's not a rewarding watch anymore, and there's a million million problems with the product that we've talked about for two and a half years so yeah if uh, mm-hmm. yeah if anyone was was wondering whether we've been discussing this on the podcast today again yeah these uh they've been missing out jp on uh on two and a half years of us kind of saying that this was was likely coming yeah and, it, and it's not for the sake of just like being dickishness it's you know and it's a point that we end up banging the drummer about if you are aware of any fucking aspect of wrestling history the involvement of Vince McMahon and WWE in general, what does it always lead to? Mm. And it leads to a point where they just end up owning it and to hell with what other obligations you may feel you have through an independent promotion. They could give less of a shit other than if there's someone really unhappy, I will chuck you a star. Let's see Cesaro for NXT fucking UK Cardiff because he's going to be turning up at that. You know, those kind of like just sort of fops thrown aside to the to the crowd to to kind of get on board with. It, it just doesn't work. I mean, in and of itself, if, if it was a good product, people would pay to go and see it. Yes. And I think this decline was is kind of coming. And it's not like, you know, 
and it's still, if you think of it in those ways, it's a healthy crowd for what it is on the, on the bank holiday as well. And a lot of the points that Dan Reed made about it, and it, were, it was like very good. And they did make sense about, you know, in terms of that's still a good crowd. However, there would have been a point, there would have been no way, we were talking about a point where that, those tickets would have sold in a minute yes. and they would not have gone up. Mm. That is that is drastically different to the point of selling out. And I know there's been things even said about the photo of people were clearing out of the way because of various, um, there was going to be a spot over there or something along those lines. Until I see any aspect of the show, and from what I've heard of it, is there's some decent wrestling matches in it. It's not particularly horrible, but it's not amazing either. Well, and and even hearing that makes me not exactly think, yeah, I need to go out of my way and watch this. Yeah. When it's hard enough, we're going to be talking about, you know, two other programs that are, are going to take up even more time. Watching yeah. this, it just feels like it, it, it's gone. Yeah, it's like, I love... Oh, go on, Sorry, Ben, I go on. I was just going to say, like, just to reply to that as, as well, like, JP, you made a good point there that, that I was thinking, like, I, I did think Dan Reed made an argument, but at the end of the day, that argument gets trumped by, if the product was good, people would still be going. If the, if the, if... And why isn't the product good? WCW drew 46,000 to the Georgia Dome in July 98, and they were on a downturn. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and it's like, it's, like, it's almost like... Meltzer always kind of goes back to years ago when before Vince kind of lost his marbles and Vince McMahon's kind of mm-hmm. go-to argument was it doesn't matter who we're competing against if people don't come that's on us and that's like uh, obviously that's kind of gone by the wayside now I was surprised the uh, the progress statement didn't mention uh, superstar ab- absences it might as well have uh, if we're going to go fully down well, they are in a way aren't they <laughs> the old excuse of saying that the fair was in town so yes. people went to the yeah. fair it's like come on but Benno the point you're making about the superstar absences they did that to shareholders that these the programs are doing it to the fans and the most willing fans who buy a season ticket. Like saying it to shareholders who don't watch the product and know nothing really about wrestling other than the fact they own shares and have lots of money at stake uh, in WWE. At the end of the day, this is a lie to people who have invested in their product and who take their product seriously and they've insulted their core user base at this point Mm. in time as well. And they may have only had a few of them hanging on as well because let's be honest, that that hardcore progress element that we certainly know the wrath of is dwindling at this point in time. It's kind of dying out. And I think that's entirely the doing of the company by being arrogant, taking that fan base for granted and just being overworked like they're clearly overworked and using these bloody excuses for not just progress but probably for i don't know nxt uk selling out like a third of a building as well or whatever it does it's it's the non-mention of them it's like for me it felt like i said this to joe earlier on it feels like and this is you know I'm going to do a bizarre comparison with the gun control debate at times where you don't mention the gun. Like when Republicans debate and they talk about video games and mental health and it's like, what about the actual fucking guns? Like they're not coming up for discussion at all. And here, the big thing in the room of like, why aren't people coming to shows? Or perhaps there's a lack of stars. Why is there a lack of stars? Because they're working in a warehouse in Enfield. I love how you just compared progress to the NRA. (laughs) (laughs) No well, you can imagine WWE donates to them, couldn't you? You can see that clearly. I, I could I mean. see Vince being a big pro NRA man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But 
it's it's the idea that the central problem gets is kind of being washed over because you have to kind of do this weird amerta deal with them where you can't talk about things in any kind of open way and then it and then it leaks out eventually and when it does it all gets like no 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 that's not happening stop worrying about it you know why can't you just enjoy it and then before you know it it, it ends up happening that way and you see less and less of people unless you want to watch nxt uk which you know no i don't want to watch nxt uk Part of the reason is it's shit. I've tried watching it. I've tried not falling asleep to it, <laughs> and that's hard because you know it, it's and it's not because these rest these wrestlers can have better matches. We just don't ever get to see it. Maybe this weekend they'll do something special. But you know what? I'm just not into the product. It'll be watching it for a series of matches. And when you talk about the moments that progress have had, they've not really been. They've not been story based. They've all been based around great matches which in some ways is not the bit that they control that's what the wrestlers control you know they make they control the outcome of it but in terms of how good the actual match is and you know the storylines themselves have been terrible like and I'm, do not resuscitate it feels I mean, like kind of sums it up if it was like oz in many ways uh oz one of my favorite tv shows i know you two are big fans as well mm-hmm. first couple of seasons of oz awesome Great stuff. Can't miss. Season three at its moment. Season four, bit of a joke. That IRA stuff at the end there. Mm. Uh, Method Man's brief cameo, and then he was written out because he got a role in The Wire or the rest of it. Season five and season season six, I was still following just for pure comedy because it just became a romp, and you didn't know what you were going to get every week, and progress has almost become this lazy romp where they're mm. struggling with every show and it feels like there's no real long-term planning show to show it just feels like they're just putting cards together at this point because they're obliged to put a card together card together because they booked a venue we're on the eve of their biggest show of the year like that was their go-home show to their biggest show of the year and david Starr is in the main event of their go of their biggest show of the year would rather be an ott doing an ottb show and he's nowhere to be seen like <laughs> the, yeah. and, and never mind that i mean because that is just pure like progress are like the the, the magpies are wrestling right now they'll steal a storyline from from fight club pro here steal a storyline from wxw there get the guys who are over in riptide here get the guys who are over mm. in fight club pro there and, and do that like and the problem is because they're doing that piecemeal and because they're you know this this big alleged big show of the year that's coming up at Ali Pali, their big September show is you know papering over the craps with Pete Dunne and a mustache mountain uh, on that show. Like that's yeah. th- that's the, Riddle and Lee. Ah, like yeah. I mean, I love my Riddle, but you know, come on, like it's just mm-hmm. that that's a match that, as I've said before, would be a mid card match on a Progress Manchester show two years ago, back when they were firing on all cylinders. And I don't get why it's supposed to be this big deal that British Strong Style are back after their really, really, you know, sad goodbye, heartfelt goodbye. We got what eight months ago. Um, mm-hmm. This is just it's a. It's all of their chickens coming home to roost. Progress used to have a big aura about it. it used to be the big promotion, and it's just, mm. yeah, they're doing less with what they've got, and what they've got isn't what it used to be. And the big reason behind that is is NXT UK, and they just they can't say it. So instead, you get like the, these half baked excuses. Um, That's yeah, it. It's just it is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we're you know, we're well, going JP. I was going to say, there will be those people out there who will say, well, Rev Pro are bringing in this big tag match from New Japan and they have to use that to bump up their big card. It's not the, the main difference is, is 
whether or not they'd be able to do it to the extent that they have to do it if they hadn't had a lot of their wrestlers fucking poached by NXT UK, mm. spinning their heels afterwards as well. I'm not bothered what hell else they fucking tweet about it. At the but same but it's time. also not Rev Pro wrestlers coming back mm. for the oh. special appearance. It's Tanahashi and Okada. It's, I want to scream it, that yeah, from the rooftop. Yeah, it's wrestlers. It's two guys who have just performed in front of. I don't know, 12,000 at Budokan Hall yeah. have performed in however many thousand at the Tokyo Dome in several main events, coming to York Hall, of all places. This is Matt Riddle and Keith Lee, and I love Matt Riddle dearly, mm. but it's Matt Riddle, who former progress wrestler, who hasn't really performed in front of those sort of houses and hasn't really had a star profile, and really his profile hasn't been elevated that much since he left the Indies anyway, coming back to try and draw a house. It's completely different. The Rev Prime match is a special attraction match with absolute If anything, it, sold, it was announced when they had 200 tickets left, I think. Yeah, and they went more or less straight away, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's part of New Japan canon as well. Mm. Yeah. It leads into something the next night. It's a rematch of something that happened before. Mm-hmm. Suzuki-gun are a properly established tag team. Didn't Mustache Mountain leave progress as well when Tyler Bate left at unboxing last year like it's just a muddled mess of a situation and and it's just it's never easy to sort of navigate and like when's Jimmy Ava coming back Jim's last show I'm sure he'll be there it's it's the thing with this and like the damage that NXT has done for fans and again this is for fans this isn't about jobs people are being given at the same time but for fans has not been good it's led to a somewhat of a downturn of an interest, and it's a lot of of people who are who are hardcore fans and and wanting to go to these shows, but they know at the same time there's going to be this, and I know there's talent coming through, but who are they going to work? They don't have those guys they would have been working with on the way out in order to get themselves better. They don't have those options because all of them are, t- are like I say, they're doing weights in a gym in Enfield and appearing for two shows to a tapered-off building with pretty anemic matches that lead to things like Joe Coffey versus Dave Matt fucking Mastiff. That's not a slight on Dave Mastiff, but seriously. Is it a slight on Joe Coffey? Because it should be. It, it should. Is. He shit. The, 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 both products so, suck as well. That, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Both, both products suck. Like, for all the talk it's of them. the idea of why are you pissed off at this? Like, looking to fans of, like, why would you get angry about this? It's like, ah, oh, fuck off. Mm. Seriously, just fuck right it's, off with that shite. It's like for, you. for the talk of, you know, the the three mates being, like, these geniuses who, who made progress, what it was, like, NXT UK, like, the creative couldn't be, it couldn't be more, by paint by the numbers, just, you know, it, just uninspiring product. Like if I was doing WWE, I'd be getting Mark Dallas on the phone. You know, <laughs> maybe not Mark. Do you Dallas, know what? But, do like, you honestly what? know why I think that is though, Benno? Because mm. I've said this before as well. Think about progress when it started. The approach to kind of understanding the fan base and the fan base that was there that wasn't going to a lot of British wrestling shows and understanding how to spin that and understanding how to brand that to get that kind of metropolitan kind of cool fan base on board. Mm. It was all very smart. It was very smart branding. It was very smart marketing. With NXT UK, they have no control or power really over any of that because it's all WWE driven 
And the show is just almost like a carbon copy of WWE production, WWE branding, WWE advertising. So the stuff I think that the progress guys are best at, they've not been able to do with NXT UK because they're kind of hamstrung by it being WWE in charge of it. And it's a house style and you've got to stick to the house style. This is how we do things. Exactly. And nothing changes from that. And, you know, think about Jim as, like, an absolutely intrinsic part of progress. Think about the presence of the three mates as progress as well. You know, their presence was very much felt, was very much known at the shows. The whole relatability that they used to get fans on board as if they were their mates and all the rest of it. You can't do that with a product like NXT UK Mm. because it's WWE and it doesn't work that way. And it's like... They're, they're booking this product, they're running this product, but everything they're good at, they're not able to do with this product. Mm. So it doesn't translate in a sort of fluid manner at all. No. Honestly, I, I honestly believe, say if, I don't know, Andy Quilden, there you go, I'm on the take. Say <laughs> if he was booking NXT UK, I honestly believe it might be a bit better because I think he's a better booker and I think he's better actually mapping out storylines. Even Martin Zaki, what he's done in Fight Club Pro mm. the last year as well, I think might work as well. But really, when you look at progress, outside of Osprey Havoc, think back, what storylines actually stand out? I think we spoke about this the other week as well, yeah. didn't we? And I had to think about this, and I just can't think of anything. Mm. Like, there are the odd little storyline here and there that was good, but... In terms of that, really memorable. Like I think that's some of the Sex Smith moments. But that's yeah. moments. moments, yeah. yeah Pretty yeah, strong moments. style turn up yeah, some yeah. moments, isn't it? Then, that that yeah. turn and some of the big Marty moments. But yeah, you kind of get conned by those big moments, don't you? And I think it gets remembered as a really well booked promotion. But was it ever? It was definitely better booked than it is now. But sure, yeah, that credit yeah. that it gets, I struggle to come up with with other examples as well, Joe. They deserve credit for the atmosphere. Mm. Absolutely. That's the thing. Absolutely. And the branding. That was, and the branding. Yeah, those mm. kind of things associated alongside with it and showcasing the use young of, British wrestlers. The use of been, music as yeah, well. Yeah, the use of music. All those kind of things around the aesthetic was mm. kind of spot on with a kind of core of building up young British wrestlers. Now, they're using young British wrestlers, but it's at a point where a lot of the aesthetic and whatnot is just frankly outdated the, the, so it doesn't it loses the cool factor and it means that they're not going to be able to get over i think they were the first wrestling company british wrestling company anyway to turn uh, a day at a wrestling show into almost like a day out or almost like a night mm-hmm. out with your mates because you know i as i said at the beginning of the show i've retired from clubbing and there was a period where i'd look forward to that every sunday because i could have a drink with my mates and watch some mm-hmm. wrestling it was like you know two of my absolute favorite things as one package and it was sad when I stopped enjoying it and we stopped going mm-hmm. but at the same time we stopped for good reason and we JP when was the last time you went like over oh, two years ago it's right? well over two years you mean you've both been in the meantime I've gone it would have been um, the super strong style 16 was it day two 2017 2017 mm. yeah. yeah wow and the only other the only show I'm, I'm, I'm considering is that is the and again, we said it before as a kind of like social anthropology is Jim's last show, because I suspect the impression he gets for a lot of people is will be their last show as well. That it's it's and I'll be fascinated to see how what happens with the season tickets and how well they do. But we're we're at a point where 
there is clearly a decline mm. and the way to arrest the decline is to kind of you know sort of look at themselves and look at what they've done and you don't get the impression that's going to happen not because there's not really the inclination to do it, but also there isn't the time to do it. Do you know the other thing that I think really affects as well, and has really been mm. kind of undersold, is when they started moving shows around as well yeah, because of NXT was, uh, UK yeah, dates. Like the next Camden show is like a Tuesday or something, isn't it? Big like travelling fan base. Mm. The next, next Camden show is a Tuesday. I didn't know that. Mm. Pretty Bad, sure that's see, right. But that, that, that's the thing. Like you're not, in, you're not encouraging travelling fans to come up, are you? Like you're not. Like that's what progress was the the destination like show for these traveling fans and they're the first people who are gonna start answering you with their wallets and not traveling out. Um, and and also, Benno, your experience at Wembley last year, leaving before the main event as a yep. traveling fan, you know, it's all of these out. little things mm. do not help, and none of that stuff is addressed in that email, no. which. I just don't think they've treated their fans well at all mm. for a good couple of years now. There was vagueness around the WWE stuff. Oh, they never for ages. owned it. Yeah, they never did. Yeah. WXW, like we, we give them, and they deserve criticism for, for some of the WWE stuff, but at least they got out ahead of it relatively quickly. Maybe there was a little delay. Yeah. But yeah, progress were talking in tongues for ages. And then when, that's the other thing, but when people will speculate on, oh, I guess that means, you know, the DDB guy has to go over on like a progress show. Or I guess that means that, you know, so-and-so is not going to be able, you know, there's going to be contractual problems. Like they'll get really spiky with people on Twitter still about that. And it's like, hang on, you created your own problem here by being so obtuse in the first place. And okay, yeah, yeah they're a bit more open about the relationship with WWE uh, and its effect on, on their bookings. But it did take them a while to even get to that point. Well, it's another point you made there as well, Benno. The social media has been a problem as well. Oh, they, too, they've yeah. been terrible at social media forever. That was one of the big things. Shh, we'll get in trouble. Shh. That was one of the big things <laughs> that turned me I'll off get in trouble. as well. Was the social, there's their use of social media, how rude they were, how abrasive they were, how they tried to justify the abrasiveness, how they'd get Jim to come onto the account to be the nice guy, to settle things down. They would overreact to stuff. And also, we were the first people to say some of this, some of this stuff on a kind of public forum, if anything, on a podcast. Mm. And as soon as we would, think of some of the feedback and some of the shit we got as well. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And I don't know, I'm going to gloat a little bit now, but today I was having a little browse around and some of the people who are having a go at progress, I'm looking at and thinking two years ago when we were saying this, you were giving us absolute pelters and talking about what great guys the progress owners are. I'm sure they might be. I don't know, I'm on a personal level. And talking about how horrible we were for daring to criticise the hard work they're doing as these martyrs that are, you know, they're providing entertainment for them and giving up their lives and all the rest of it because, you know, working isn't something that pays the bills and enables you to live life. And now it's all coming home to roost. And you know what? Fuck them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, that's it. It is. It, it, it's, it's all of that. And... Yeah, uh, again, like, pff, I got snitch tagged by the the, uh, the Progress uh, social media manager today. He, he tried to tell Dad, he tried to tell Grapple Gareth about me uh, saying nasty things about Progress, but if you'd have been listening for the last two and a half years, you would have heard us saying much worse things. Also, my say. opinions are my own, um, and they don't necessarily represent Gareth or, or Grapple as a whole. I feel like that should go without saying. Um, but yeah, somebody yeah. was obviously uh, somebody was obviously very testy. I should just be lucky that I didn't get a reply from the uh, the official progress account. Um, but they probably 
as a whole, as a company, are probably testy about this stuff because it's a, it's a hole that they've dug themselves. And I know, mm-hmm. I suppose to wrap. I mean, the, the other the other point I, I wanted to make as well is like you know we we like I said at the start, we started out very big progress fans when we started podcasting, and now you know it's a fight to convince ourselves to even cover progress at this point. Like you know, you say what you know, we are the official Grapple podcast, and I'm very proud of that. But you look at like even grapple stats like i saw gareth put a, a tweet up the other day of the the under i think the underserved matches the matches that uh on grapple that you know kind of the hidden gems and that walter Ilya dragonov match from manchester was on there as a as a sleeper match that less than 50 people had rated on grapple and like jesus you wouldn't have got that a couple of years ago like things have obviously slipped um we're obviously you know in a different world and that for me i just don't think that litany of excuses, again, to go back to the original point, you put a product on that's good, if pro- progress was still the strong product it was, not perfect product, but strong podcast it, uh, product it was, two and a half years ago, people would still be coming out. I mean, yeah, they tried to, they're trying to blame, you know, the, the, the economy and trying to blame, you know, all kinds of things, uh, factors that apply. But again, it, it, there are, you know, this weekend, for example, the 6,000 people going to watch New Japan, Somehow, there's almost four thousand pe- demented people traveling to Cardiff to watch NXT UK. So, you know, we slagged that off before, but maybe that's a lesson demented. that you know that there are people who will travel for a show if they want to see it. So the excuses don't fly. I mean, I've got friends who, you know, follow the likes of rugby league really closely, and attendances are up over there. I know in the cinema, I read a thing recently where there's. Uh, you know this quarter for 2019 is up on on the quarters for the last four years even with you know cinema as a whole kind of falling uh you know just kind of digging around and get responses to this stuff from progress you know somebody quoted me on you know there's a there was a report on uk spending in leisure is apparently up among uk adults like as far as sports go there's more spending on things like that even you know in the face of brexit so you know you, you can throw you know all of the excuses you want in the world at it and then blame brexit uncertainty and blame the the economy and blame you know nasty tweeters online and, and blame bad actors but at the end of the day it's a it's it's a bet that they've made themselves because yeah. i know and if I, if I was in john briley or whoever else's position that, that wrote that email or his his lovely wife who, who loves to go on my twitter timeline i do get a every now and then she spends so much time on there i get, I get a like of uh, of retweets that i do of other people that's how, how long she seems to spend scrolling my timeline so hello to her as well but you know for those people i can understand being in a position where they can't just outright say it's NXT UK because at the end of the day, they've been the creators of their own doom. Every time a British wrestler gets signed to NXT UK and we can all be happy for the individual, who's the one doing the scouting? It's John Briley, it's John Smallman, it's Gone Joseph. So the the creators of their own doom. There's nobody else to blame. There's no economy to blame. Progress has been overall absolutely shite for two years. Uh, there's not much more you can say other than that. That is that is the reason they're in the position they're in now, and that is the reason that I would expect as the year goes on, unless things turn around greatly and they put a whole new lick of paint on it or they find some way to, to salvage what little credibility they've got left, this is not going to be the last time we talk about progress in these terms. If there's something uh, summed up perfectly, Benno, but yeah. if there's anything that, I don't know, people who listen to this take away from what we've said now, 
also go back two years and think about what your view was two years ago and what you were saying when JP was saying, read a fucking history book, okay? <laughs> um, if there's ever a boom in British wrestling again, you know, I hope there is. And if there's ever a company that comes along again like this and WWE is still the prominent leader and try to get involved again, just remember this. Remember what has happened because... We spoke about the AWA in 1983. We spoke about Stampede in 1984. We spoke about Crockett on those old shows. And people just went, oh, what's that? Or just pleaded ignorance to it and didn't want to know, didn't want to hear it. But just keep what has happened over the last couple of years in British wrestling in your mind if something like this happens again. Because perspective is a wonderful thing. And you know what? I wasn't around in 1983. I wasn't fucking born but I know what happened because I love wrestling and I'm interested in the history of wrestling. History and perspective will give you something. Use this experience next time something like this goes on because you'll be, the be-, you'll be a better person, you'll have a better p- perspective for it. That's all I'll say. Definitely. Anything more yeah. from you, JP? Um, another one, kind of like another tip. If you think like WWE are the good guys in this, take a fucking look at yourself. Just take a fucking <laughs> look at yourself. Like, look at the, some of the things that shower of shit as a company has done. And, I mean, I'm sorry, there's only so many fucking make-a-wishes that can do over the amount of, like, fucking bullshit about going to Saudi Arabia and the rest of it. And another subject where it's always been there Wednesday night all along because they've had a show behind a fucking paywall. But no, have to go head-to-head. Why? Because they want to run everything about wrestling. Can I make one last point on progress? And it's kind of related, but it's a bit of an aside, but I've been meaning to mention this for a while. One thing that I think progress should really look at themselves for as well is this Paul Robinson face turn and the promo where he turned face. Did anyone understand in that crowd the content of what he was saying? Because it was fucking ludicrous. Delivery's got a lot to blame. Here's a promo that's being delivered really well. Whoa, clap, 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 cheer, cheer, cheer. Listen to what he's saying. Like, it was utterly ludicrous that that turned him face. Mm. Like, completely fucking stupid. Rather ironic as a company, they're blaming the economy, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then you get promo. Ah, just that promo wound me up something stupid. But I didn't get a chance during our G1 shows to actually say anything about it. Mm. But yeah, if that's the way they want to go, then... I hope they lose even more of the kind of liberal fans that are mem- maybe members of unions like me and JP mm. who have followed progress in the past. Well, he lost to Chuck Mambo at the weekend, lads. So, you know, even then, when they stumble on something problematically right, they're still going to fuck it up. Um, but Jesus yeah, can't Christ. argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's progress. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we should cleanse our. Oh, pal, a little bit. I don't know, JP. I mean, I know you've you desperately wanted to talk about the cricket, but uh, I was guessing you would desperately want to talk about the uh, New Japan Young Lions Cup. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is a good time to do that. Oh yeah, it is. I, I mean, I'm well up for this one. It's on the road to destruction tour, and it's like the LA Dojo versus the New Japan Dojo. This is like absolute manner from fucking heaven for me this it's going to be awesome who's going to win i'm thinking shotarumi though but they're quite keen on that ryan fredericks guy that's his name carl fredericks carl fredericks come on ryan fredericks plays for west ham only cynics of fantasy is he irish he's not irish okay he's british (laughs) i think um i don't know plays alongside irishman declan rice though fuck off (laughs) (laughs) i mean that one um 
forgot what I was going to say there. Completely lost my train of thought. Carl Fredericks. Carl Fredericks. So it'd be him, Clark Connors. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So like, as much as I like watching the undercard, they're going to be on all those Road to Destruction tours. It's like the, it's like really the, um, the sort of classy man's G one. This mm. really is. It's like a hipster G one, <laughs> isn't it? It really is. Hipster G one. You got to fly over JP. I could imagine you sat there and your gears are half front row, just rubbing your hands at the uh, the hot young boy <laughs> action. Right. <laughs> You see, at that point, you've taken, base, yeah. it, you, you've taken it to a place it didn't need to go to. Peter Warmshire. You know, you know when you see no, like those. There's nothing you know, I can you say. You see like those custom shows where like there's a room in a really sketchy tiny room, and there's a little <laughs> armchair in the corner with just you know a bit of bit yeah. of lubrication, nice little uh, little little desk there. I mean, it's it looks like homoeroticism on a mass scale, admittedly. <laughs> but you know what? I've embraced that quite for quite some time now, so. It's gonna, it's gonna be belting. I'm, I'm gonna say Shotaruminou should win. He should do. Him and Carl Fredericks in the final, or Ryan Fredericks if he gets time off from West Ham. I don't know. Fair enough. There, your picks. Uh, who's your pick to stand? You two out? watching any of it? I'll give it. A, I'll give some of it. Watch. I'm sure you will. Yeah. I think I'm sure you'll be recommending the matches. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And we've got to follow the the story of Shooter. You know, Mox being injured. Yeah. Now, you want to see what he what he can do for the team. He's got a. He's, he's on a wave of a, of overness and and relevancy. So you know, he could turn that into something good. JP be my my pick. I don't think we're gonna see. This could be where we could debut the Pickums. JP, do you want to put some money on the? Uh, on the new Japan Young Boy Cup, uh, because there's because there's not many. It'd be hard to get eight hundred people involved in this one at twenty quid a shot, mm. and there's only eight. Like you need a lot of variables to it mm. for like to get one winner, which the G one Pickums has. This one, the Pickums will be too simple <sighs> for it. I mean, ultimately, if anyone wants to run a book on it, let me know. Why don't you run it? I don't have the time, mate. I don't have the time at all. But I'm up for someone else running it for this one. I'll oversee the project from a distance. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Another man I think I wanted to mention as well, do we be getting into the podcasting game, lads? Did they try to tap you up at any point? Uh, That's a bit of... (laughs) Can can you imagine anything worse than a WWE podcast? I could imagine it just being wall-to-wall shows that are as barren of content as those uh, kickoff shows that they do uh, with Booker T talking for half an hour and saying nothing. PG Jerry Lawler. Uh, just throwing in buzzwords. Uh, I don't know, lads. If they offer you a twenty k mark deal, I made a joke about that. If you would, would you go for it? Uh, would would you sell out like the uh, like the three like the three mates, or would you uh, would you hold to your guns? Is there is there any chance of a grapple ending up on the uh, on the Doobie Podcast Network? So, <laughs> if they want to offer us a fee and we can do the same content as we always do, maybe with a time restriction, because I understand we do go too long sometimes. And maybe with a producer, maybe directing us a little bit as well, so we don't go too long. Come tap us up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm up for it, but... but We've just spent a, an hour got... criticising progress, Joe. You can't say that. I, I can, because <laughs> if, if the content can stay the same, Fair. and there's 25 grand involved, and I'm doing one show a week that goes two hours and I'm getting paid a wage on top of my work wage. Like, fuck am I going to do that? Well, well that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Of course I'm going to do that. What, what, of course I am. But we, we use the theme at, at the end music. of the day. We, we, get, we, get, we con- get sections off and we get cornered and we, we can't we can't work a independent podcast anymore. JP can't go on Athers podcast. 
I can't do posts anymore. Yeah. What if they send us to the performance centre to to keep us away from potential competitors? I don't want to go back to Enfield, mate. It's been a long time trying to escape. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps they'll have a podcast booth at Enfield. <sighs> I'll drive you out of Enfield. Don't worry. Oh, when we're commuting up oh, once oh. a week to record. But at the end of the day, I'm ex- sharing an I'm- office with Glenn, John, and Jim. After this. Possibly. Well, Glenn Jones is a big fan. You know, he, he might put our, put our names forward as a controversial podcast that speaks openly and honestly. And maybe they want to, you know, diversify opinion in their ranks, possibly. You never know, mate. Stranger things have happened in the media world before. Yeah. Um, but I doubt it. So let's stop uh, yeah. with this stupid hypothetical situation. But as a man who is exclusive to grapple and doesn't... Um, <laughs> Flur or loan my services out to any other podcasts. I'm available for a fee. <laughs> there you go. No morals here, and hopefully somebody will pick up the mantle of doing a podcast where they can rip into us for an hour for selling at our ideals and no longer being punk rock podcasting. Uh, it will well, only be at, right, at, and then we'll come back. Maybe daggers at the same time. At the same time, though, JP would. With that twenty five grand they're paying me a year, will I use that to go back to progress shows? Absolutely not. So, you know what? What a shit argument. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of the Fed, uh, and a big story that we probably in any other week we would have led with, but it's been a been a little while now since it, it broke. We're on the we're on the cusp of the Wednesday night wars, lads. Uh, that is uh, that is what's coming up. Uh, we speculated on it plenty of times, and I think we all kind of knew it's coming, but. Absolutely hilarious that it's happened in AW running, running Wednesday nights and and NXT is you know it's always been a Wednesday night show lads is a uh, just coincidentally now becoming a two hour Wednesday night show a live two hour Wednesday night show that's now live on the USA Network in the same spot as AW and starting two weeks before it which actually to me seems like a bit of a mistake but we can talk about that uh, getting thirty million a year for their efforts at least so. You know, stretching themselves even further are the Fed. Uh, but no, I don't think it's a, it's come as a surprise uh, to, to any of us lot. And if anything, to be honest, as disgusting and a, I don't know, a monopolistic move it is by WWE to do it, I am quite uh, excited about the prospects of uh, the Wednesday Night Wars to come, even if I'm wary of how the fuck we're going to fit it into our already uh, three-hour bloated podcasts. Yeah, um, I'm not as excited. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I kind of was annoyed when I saw it because I thought, ah, oh, more wrestling to watch. Too bloody much of it anyway. And, you know, this Wednesday Night War, it's not as if I'm going to be sat in front of a TV flicking between two shows. Like, if I was American, I would have been between Raw and Nitro in the mm. 90s. So mm. I've got no real nostalgia for a for a war. And at the same time, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not excited for it. I'll be watching AEW the first few weeks for sure. Um, and I'll be looking forward to seeing what the WWE-based excuses are uh, coming out of NXT not doing the ratings they were hoping it would do. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be the thing. It's like, I think they've set themselves up for failure, to be honest, because like, the thing about NXT is, I know you you kind of watch it in clumps, don't you, Joe? You kind of jump in and, in and out and kind of catch up. I haven't watched any really for a good while i've watched occasionally i might watch a match but since the the june takeover or the one i went to in april Mm. i really haven't watched the tv at all to be Mm. honest with you um 
Yeah, so it's kind of lost me, if anything, at this point. And we discussed at length how NXT doesn't feel fresh mm. on the last podcast. And it doesn't feel like they're f- going to freshen it up either when it goes to TV. And I think making it more bloated with two hours every mm. week, and especially with more eyes on it, they'll probably change what makes NXT work on the network, more of a niche audience. Yeah, I've got no real excitement for it. Mm. It it puts it into Vince's, into Vince's eye line, doesn't it? This is something he's going to get involved with. And his vision of wrestling is fucking garbage. <laughs> and that's going to be the issue. His like, vision of life is fucking garbage. Well, it's just fantasy world, isn't it? Absolute fucking mentalist. But there mm. we go. Um, it, yeah, this isn't something I, I, I... The idea of NXT as it was in some sort of work rate ba- battle-based warfare happening on Wednesday night does sound great but that's not what we're going to end up getting. Mm. There's going to be a lot more characterizations. If you enjoy people like Babatundi, well, fuck it, you'll be all over that bloody thing and all those other various giants they hire in the performance centre in Orlando to turn up because that's really what they're going to be going for because it will still be, we're on network TV and there'll be the restrictions. I can see for the first couple of weeks, they'll try and do something interesting, but then there'll be this you know, cross-migration where they'll want Roman Reigns to turn up or whoever, or Becky Lynch in order to come back. There'll be that kind of stuff and saying, I was an alumni of NXT and it isn't NXT amazing. And then they'll probably lay out whoever, Matt Riddle or someone like that at the time, and then they'll go back to the back, you know, because that's the kind of shit they like doing. And it's very hard to see how they're going to break the pattern because look at all of the, we mentioned this at NXT UK, look at all the TV shows they do. They're all the same. Mm, they all yeah. look exactly the There's same. There's not an open mind. Everything no. is a, the same old formula, how style attached. And there's so much of it anyway. Yeah. That, do people want more of it on TV? I don't know. I suppose we're not getting on TV over here, I don't are think they we? want more WWE. Yeah, I think people are open to different wrestling. I think mm. they really are. And mm. I think, you know, you look at, AEW, you look at the numbers it's done so far, you look at what TNT is saying about AEW, the promotion they're prepared mm. to do for AEW. I'm not saying AEW's been great so far. In fact, I'm quite worried about mm. AEW, to be honest with you. And I think it's maybe not going to be what we were hoping it was going to be. But I hope this all focuses the mind, though. And they look, yes. right, you can't go gambling with librarian yeah. shite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's my big thing with that. That Yeah, they're going to... All these Not- terrible young books ideas of library or Kenny Omega ideas, whoever's idea is of librarians and jokey gimmicks and the nonsense that they they've done on some of these pre shows, they're gonna be forced with kind of an NXT on the other channel. One positive is that yeah, they maybe they'll be forced to not do so much of that stuff, and they'll probably be forced to give away higher value stuff than than they probably planned, which does. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's probably, you know, in some ways a positive, but in a lot of ways will probably be a, a negative long term. Uh, I think it's going to force, for me, I think it's going to be positive in that it'll force AEW to book their ideas up. I still, I completely mm-hmm. agree, you know, negative wise, it's a absolutely, you know, shitty, very, very WWE thing to do, uh, to do this, to put themselves head to head with AEW. But I do think there'll be some good come from it that. I do think it'll be even be good that AEW is going to look a million miles better than NXT on TV. You know, they're going to be in front of crowds of thousands and NXT is going to be in front of that same old full sale crowd of mm. hundreds of, you know, 
genuinely just very very annoying front row nerds uh, that go to those NXT shows at this point it's turned into a, a modern day impact zone uh, I don't know I think they're really going to be gonna minus be... Rob Van Dam's music <laughs> minus that yeah but they haven't got the, the knobhead and the towel in the front row unfortunately uh, it's probably those same fans saying that being in Florida probably a lot of those uh, those same holdovers but I do think there's actually some positive there for AEW to be honest if I was them and I heard so I can't remember who it was that that made the point that you know if I if you them you know you're going up against NXT which is you know if NXT somehow puts together you know a, a compelling two hour product and you know God help them I don't find the one hour product particularly compelling most weeks and never never really watch it but if they can if they can do that and make it interesting then you know that's actually decent competition for AEW if I was AEW I'd be tempted to just go okay fine you want to move off us on Wednesdays we're actually going to move to Mondays and go opposite Raw. And you know, if if AW is the product that we were we're actually hoping for, then it could potentially be you know it might even look better compared to Raw as it would to a, an NXT where they're going to be very much going after those that same fan base where you know Triple H's EWR vanity products where they're pretty much just going it, it that's kind of a thing isn't it it's like it's very funny as well that WWE have they're going after this they're accepting the aw competition at this point but they're still you know trying to you know downplay it and only going after them with their with their c brand but it's the c brand that's very very comparable to what aw is going to be that, that tries to you know reach a, a comparable number of fans so i don't know i don't think it's a an absolute given who wins the war week one um or where it goes from there i don't know if either you've got any any strong thoughts on that or whether you think uh nxt gets trounced week one or AEW gets trounced and vincent and triple h's genius plan to go head to head works out right now i can't call it if you force me i'd say AEW will probably win but i don't think it's a given I think the momentum's on AEW's side. I think that it's pretty obvious what this NXT move is. Yeah, NXT is full of absolutely great wrestlers. Probably got more great wrestlers than AEW has. I think the main event talent in AEW, yeah, probably trumps uh, the NXT talent. Mm. But in terms of talent depth, NXT trumps it all day long. But at the same time, I think people just want something new. They want something fresh. Yeah, you may not be somebody who watches NXT on the network every week, you're going you're gonna to know what NXT is. I know people who just watch WWE and I sort of think, what the fuck's wrong with you? Mm. But at the same time, when I said like, oh, like NXT, you've ever watched the takeovers, they've got no interest. They're like, oh, no, that's like the developmental stuff. Like, mm. I'm sort of wondering if there's going to be a lot of an element of that, whereas this AEW stuff, these guys have been portrayed as stars for years, whereas the NXT guys have been portrayed as stars at a certain level, which is WWE's problem constantly because they put a ceiling on people that is self-imposed. And I'm hoping that the stars that the AEW guys have tried, have basically been able to turn themselves into a self-promotion is going to make people want to see them and see them as something new. In many ways, I see um, Tony Khan AEW as um, fellow Tony, Tony Blair in 1997. <laughs> you know, we wanted change after 18 years of Tory rule. And, you know, we had uh, Vince McMahon as the Thatcher figure, I suppose, here. And yeah, since 2001. Triple H as John Major, possibly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that, you know, hopefully AEW go in there 
they get the advantage. Tone does some good stuff for a while. And then WWE realise that they've got to get the Tory modernisers in. So they bring in Jim Smallman, John Briley, and Glenn Joseph to change the product. <laughs> Their very own David Cameron and George Osborne, as I've compared the three mates to before. Yeah. And le- <laughs> let's see what happens. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't sense excitement to see NXT live for two hours on USA. Mm-hmm. Whereas I sense excitement for people watching AEW live for two hours on a Wednesday night. Mm. But I suppose the times are going to make a difference as well with them mm. going live on the West Coast or the rest of it. So who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if for the first week, first even for the first few weeks, if NXT actually won in terms of ratings, simply because of it might be the reach and also having the, the big push through Raw that they're going to be doing through USA and USA would be absolutely hyping it up. But what I think is going to end up happening is it's going to be reliant on it staying hot. And I think one of the things that AEW are going to end up doing is possibly on that first show, and it's played into the hands of it quite well, is do that Omega versus Moxley match at that first show in Washington and try and like go with that big main event. And I know what you said, Ben, about the, 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 the worry of burning out the big main events when they do go mm-hmm. head-to-head. I like to think they're canny enough. Certainly if they know how to book the tag division to be able to do a lot of main events involving tags and the women's roster as well, which really, to be honest, doesn't seem particularly deep. But, you know, it's something that obviously they're invested in. So whether or not they're going to be able to do something there, if they're able to do to do that level, they're able to offer at least something. They're going to be offering something different, like Joe said. And I think we kind of take for granted like just how stale WWE is. And it's just hard to see them, and I'm sorry, I've been boring about it tonight, breaking that formula. Mm. I don't think they've actually got it in them to do that because they're convinced at this stage that this is how wrestling is done and that what they do is sacrosanct. And any kind of change to it, and I think AEW eventually, it's just going to become a place which is, seems nicer and a nicer place to work for. And I could see wrestlers wanting to leave as well. Mm. Um hopefully that'll happen because this is the only way. And then eventually they might actually get to the point where they tell the emperor that not only has he not got any clothes, but he slap his balls up against the window and just drag him out of there. Be nice if like on Thatcher's downfall in 1990, all of yeah. our ministers go in and tell her to resign. Perhaps Michael Hayes and uh, I don't know who else is there now backstage. I was going to say Dean Malenko. He's not. Arn Anderson's not either. Fuck, I need to refresh. Right. Glenn Joseph, John Briley and Jim Smallman <laughs> can go into Vince's office and say, Vince, time to go, pal. Yeah. And there are footballs and the kicking in the XFL. You I was going to say you'll be distracted by that yeah. anyway. I think that I think we're all we're all afraid that he's going to come in and ruin NXT. You know, as much as NXT could be ruined at this point, but I think he's going to be distracted anyway. Mm. Uh, I think what we've actually what got about Kevin Dunn though. Ah, uh, there is that. Yeah, all the three lads Joe just mentioned uh, coming in and uh, and turning it uh, into what NXT UK is. Look, he can be. Um, he's. Um, Thatcher's advisor, what's his name? Bernard Ingram. Bernard Ingram, yeah. Yeah, there we go. He can go with her or, or, or him. They can go together. You know, they go into <laughs> war together. They fall out together. Fuck Kevin Dunn, this stupid editing. <laughs> Sorry, you got me angry now. 
And I'm not yeah. feeling very well. This is hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I know we basically dragged you dragged you out of bed, Joe, to to get you here to do this podcast. You came running like uh, like Steve Austin or Goldberg, bust, busting out of his dressing room as I saw a couple yeah. of gifts to uh, to get here for the show today. It is appreciated. High high praise. I'll be honest. I saw the progress content when our bacon chin sent a message and thought. Hello, my old friend. And that's a beer. That's what gets us going. Uh, I mean, JP, you mentioned before the uh, mm-hmm. the Moxley uh, injury um, and the you know the mm. them not being able to to do that match with Kenny Omega. It's uh, it is a loss from the show, like uh, coming up this Sunday. But I do think my mm. immediate thought was get on the phone to Park, and I'm glad they did. Uh, Dragon Gate. Yeah belt nonsense uh, out of the way um it was only dragon gate after all lads uh but now <laughs> with with all those uh, that controversy out of the way or with the visa problem sorted whichever version of the story mm. you believe you best believe Meltzer's going to be going on about that in the uh, observer this week uh it is i think overall good news and a and a good save uh sad that Moxley's injured uh does say something about uh Doing a doing a G one in the uh, in the lead up to a to a to a show like this and probably won't be great for New Japan and AEW relations, but they've definitely done a good job of uh, of pulling something out. They have, but have you guys also seen the Omega promo he did when he Not, finds out? Yeah, I've, I've heard about it. Yeah, it. Yeah. I saw people raving about it. Um, I don't love Omega as a promo in general, so I'm probably a low man on it. But even I, yeah, I did enjoy the the content of it. If I maybe didn't enjoy the delivery yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can I can see your point on that one. But I've, I mean, the, the way that they've kind of played into it is, in fact, it's the only logical way, and it keeps it hot. It was the only decision they could make get getting in pack, really. And I think they'll just be the impetus for them to absolutely kill it. And I hope this is the time now where it's not necessarily the bastard pack character that we're seeing. We're seeing like kind of, I say, hundred miles. You know, him going. At a hell of a tempo with Kenny Omega because the the show need the show needs it, mm. but it's just, it was really the only option, wasn't it? Which suggests he would have been there anyway as some sort of surprise. Meltzer says no. He was saying that it it was a it was a booking really? that, that they that they made in reaction, but I'm not sure. I believe that. I do think. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, that. The no, thing no. the thing is as well. I think. Uh, I suppose it would have been. Yeah. Telling me, Pat didn't have a booking that weekend. Uh, yeah, that's a. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, and I'm thinking as well, like it would have been a if they're not getting punk, which I still hope they do. They probably need this big moment. Um, they're going to do an MJF moment with punk's music. That <laughs> seems like they're going to do. If uh, ever's the time, oh, I it wish you never said that. Oh, sorry. Because now when it happens, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, rather than <laughs> pop him. <laughs> <laughs> You, <laughs> sorry, I feel bad now. You should. Yeah. Uh, um, another thing we're going to talk about, and probably will be a shorter show than usual, um, but mm-hmm. one thing we do want to mention, the, the uh, unfortunately the J-Cup isn't on New Japan World. Uh, it's not. Yes. I think that they're following the uh, the Briley School of Thought. Not even five to seven days. It's feeling like five to seven weeks at this point before we get to see this uh, amazing Red Will Ospreay match. So, Unfortunately, that could have been the big show we talked about this week, but instead, mm. G1 fatigue's hit. We've not been watching much wrestling, but I believe you two have been uh, catching up on some classic impact in the meantime. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have to throw it to The people want to hear it. It's important content. Me or you? Uh, you go. As, as someone who hasn't seen and um, to, to sit through some of the TNA stuff. What okay, have you been doing? Well, what happened? What is the backstory we should, we to this? We should thank Matty Edwards for this, for being able to to, to see Impact Plus. Hold on. So how did we even 
decide to do this? I can't remember. I think because I said I was going to look at Impact Plus. Yeah. And then you mentioned, oh, we get to see that that great Kevin Nash Jeff Jarrett match. The one that you dream. The one that I dream. Well, you say that. We get around to the match review, Ben. Oh, you might be convinced. <laughs> um, da da da. It was because in the staff room at work on. I, I was fiddling around on something on YouTube, and on my YouTube recommended, I got a match between Kevin Nash and Scott Hall from 2010, where Scott Hall oh. looked like he was just some geezer down the social club who had like knocked off from a scaf- knocked off from scaffolding or a, on a building yeah, site. Straight out, of shameless. Yeah, and he was in a wrestling ring, and then it got us talking about the Nash Jeff Jarrett thing, and there wasn't a lot. Go- There's not a lot going on over the summer. Uh, at the moment it kind of feels like we're in pre-season getting ready for the next year and we decided to give that a watch in a classroom didn't we on the big <laughs> screen so we had a look at most of the undercard as well remind me um they had it was dustin rhodes oh, against dustin rhodes against raven Yes, oh Dustin Rose. It was against all odds 2005. 2005. I must have watched it over time because I remember the AJ Christopher Daniels Iron Man match because I remember mm. really enjoying that when it happened. But mm. I remembered nothing else from this. Like, honestly, uh, people have so much nostalgia for wrestling, right? Think of the nostalgia you have for UJP for WCW, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, ben, I think of the nostalgia you have for mid 90s WWF, for example, right? Mm. Attitude era in many ways, right? Who was going to have TNA nostalgia? Like, the shit they were producing. Was, but it's not proper nostalgia. No. Because it's so fucking bad. <laughs> and it looks so hokey and so embarrassing. And none of it was good. Did you? What did you think of the main event then? A, a, a very buff Kevin Nash, must be said. He looked fucking ripped in this. Did he the have the still drain the buff theme or...? Yeah, he did. He yeah, did. He, he did. had that. Yeah, it was great. It's uh, no my world, though, is it? No, <laughs> what is fucking song? That's what. That's what we didn't ask. Who's going to be the Jeff Jarrett of the Wednesday Night War, going back and forth and appearing in every promotion four or five times through the war? That's what we need. We need the. Or will it just be Jeff Jarrett himself? Riddle, I hope. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed. Or he just does a Rick Rude or a Lex Luger and turns up or something. Gets himself sacked somehow. Uh, or... I reckon we'll see Jeff himself on both shows. I feel like it's coming. I yeah, I, I, I wait until Jeff takes over SmackDown from Bischoff as well. Ah, oh, can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing with this Jeff Jarrett Kevin Nash match, the guitar was banned from the match, and so instead Jeff Jarrett uses a cello on Kevin Nash <laughs> rather than a guitar. I remember that pure Russo, fucking hilarious. It breaks. The cello yeah. breaks the hand, doesn't he? He power bombs him on top of it in, in a very awkward... Oh, that looked horrible, didn't That it? looked really bad. Um, there was starting to be lots of ref bumps that happened, including one where I think he's going to jackknife him, but then he turns around inexplicably, Kevin Nash, about 90 degrees so he can catch... Jarrett can catch the, the ref on the way up. And at that point, in runs... Um, what was his name in, in Kip James? Oh, AKA Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn <laughs> yeah. runs down there. And then X Park runs down. Oh, yes, yeah. And then Road Dog runs down as well. It's and, like. And what? it was three live crew were on this. They were on earlier in the show. Oh, that they... Three live crew theme. Fucking hell. Also, it, it was. It, sorry, I'm jumping back into this, but before I forget it, it was um, yeah, Brian James versus. Uh, it, no, it was him and a NASCAR driver. <laughs> 
versus Frankie <laughs> Kazarian and Michael Shane. <laughs> cousin of Shawn Michaels. Yep, cousin of Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Um, but the main event itself, absolutely screwy. Had those run-ins. I mean, and obviously Jarrett wins with the stroke after taking a blade job as well. We had a good laugh, didn't we? We did. I would go a solid three for that. Oh, two and a half. It passed an afternoon and it, we got weird looks as people walked past the classroom, hearing us pissing ourselves <laughs> and seeing like wrestling from 2005 on screen, probably wondering what the fuck was going on yep. and probably thinking, what is this shite they like? <laughs> and I would understand because it was Kevin Nash versus Jeff Jarrett and it was shite. Oh, Don West as well. God, he was bad. <laughs> That's Shane Douglas doing backstage commentary. Oh, yeah, he was a backstage interview, wasn't he? Yeah, backstage interview. Wasn't he interviewing Dusty Rhodes backstage? Did you remember Dusty did Rhodes? Did he have his yellow polo on? Yeah. Yes, he did. He did. the gimmick going. I appreciate that. Probably before he was the manager of uh, the Naturals. Mm. Yes. That? Yeah. Oh, it was great, Benno, getting on it. This, this kind of going back and watching a, a classic TNA match through the ages is not a bad shout to go. I've got a screenshot here of the rules of the match. Uh, it says here, for Nash, the NWA title equals cash. The oh, next bullet point, Jarrett's game plan, by any means necessary. The last one, the guitar, use it and lose it. Just who thought that was good? Whoever put that down? And look at that Vince font. Russo. I know you can't see the font, but the font is so fucking bad. They were the most uncool promotion. They were never, ever cool. They just reeked of, like, old guys who were way past it making wrestling for a younger audience who didn't understand the audience. Awful. Sorry. <laughs> but they gave you so many good he, memories, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, memories that I can take the piss out of JP for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. And if you, if you up for Benno going going through the, going through the uh, Impact archives. See, I've heard uh, people challenge Brian Alvarez trying to get him to do that, and even he's refusing to do it. And they go back and watch those old nitros. I think yeah, it'd have to be a it'd have to be very uh, steep Patreon price, I think, to do like some kind of weekly yeah. impact watch. But you could if you went back and you you pick and you choose and you just jump on, you know, an interesting. Like I've always thought a good idea for a podcast would be just to follow the world of Jeff Jarrett, and the only rule of the podcast <laughs> is you have to watch a show that's got Jeff Jarrett on and think of the length and breadth of wrestling that would cover uh, and the amount of impact you could get in doing that. Maybe something like that, picking on random shows because uh, I've got a soft spot for stuff like that. Um, a te- terrible Jeff Jarrett title matches being... Just Jarrett Files, go back. Yeah, like, bit of... Was he incontinental? <laughs> Jarrett Files. <laughs> yeah. It's a good just, name. Just following, following Jeff's career properly. Just, like that four-hour documentary in match form and lasts like four days. Just get his four-disc DVD in. Do you own that? I don't own that. Have you torrented that before? Yes. You, what? Really? Yeah, I watched it. Uh, mate, four discs of Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. You wasted the bandwidth. <laughs> I just... I didn't. It was the early. It was the early 2010s. It was different then. Look, there's, there's a Matt wasn't. Taven DVD out there that Matt wants to buy, so you know it could be a lot worse. Oh my! They're advertising that on ROH TV. Someone's got. Well, buy well it. no Maybe one's Matt. watching, so no one will find out about the DVD. So <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're kind of. Uh, 
again, as far as the show goes, kind of a, a loose end as far as uh, things to talk about. I mean, it's we're on yeah. one hour forty, guys. Do you want to do you want to do some previews of the shows coming? Well, up? I, I would just say, I mean, of the stuff that's on Summer Sizzler that I'm looking forward to, hopefully Aussie Open getting to the New Japan. The only thing I'd say is I feel like a preview is an indie corner special. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so someone doesn't have to watch wrestling so we'll be watching these shows so we could ah, do we need to do a preview I don't know I'm looking for I'm looking forward more to Summer Sizzler now they've got the the New Japan Dream tag in there see Okada and Tanahashi in the hall yeah. that's really it and I just hope Again, the stuff in the undercard is good that's Okada and Tanahashi not Keith Lee just because he's knocking around the performance centre with the yes uh, yeah I, I'm honestly I'm, that's that's the show I'm jealous I'm not going to the uh, the York Hall show um, get yourself down mate come yeah, on yeah I don't know I, I, I go I can justify the trade fair at this point but yeah yeah, yeah that's I, I think that because they've got that big tag match and because of the osprey having the big osprey singles match i do think and it's a real shame i've seen will cooling saying this saying this about the show real shame this one's not streaming on fight like you know mm. for people who can't make it down this feels like it could be a sleeper show of the weekend as far as uh, the big york hall show goes yeah absolutely and the star osprey match i'm just completely intrigued by because mm. it just it it's just so unrev pro to do this sort of match, and it feels like something is going to happen, and that this could define a point that sort of goes forward from this moment. And I I don't know what to make of it at all, to be honest. Even seeing Quilden next to Osprey on the like match graphic, mm-hmm. it's just like this is odd. Stood in the uh, background, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, it's and very, I've got a feeling very Mark Dallas. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's very unhim, mm. and I've also got a feeling that the whole Chris Roberts leaving thing, David Starr, Chris Roberts, I've got a feeling it might tie into this in some in some way as well. But mm. we'll see. We'll that's, see. That's a question I saw somebody ask on Twitter. They were saying like, what the, what is Brit Res at this point? What is Rev Pro without David Starr? Like, what if? What if he? What if the, the reason for this is he signed some kind of secret contract with AEW or something like that, and he goes, "Fuck me, we'd be." Uh, We'd be struggling. Surely he wins this thing, and surely, you know, that's the way we're going. But we'd be in dire straits without uh, without David Starr at this point. Yeah, if you're going to hitch your wagon to someone, it's David Starr. I'm all out. All, I'm all up for David Starr doing his own version of Sold Out '97 at your call. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't I'll, know what the fuck that'll be. The Independent Show. I don't I'll be like what Charles Freud did the Fight Club Pro, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting concept, it's an interesting idea. And it's just very different for Andy Quilden to do anything like this. Don't know what form it's gonna take, but it yeah. could be it could be potentially horrific. Oh, I mean absolutely. Yeah, that's I mean that's the thing with this. But one of the things that we've been banging the drum about is about how stale Rev Pro has kind of seemed at points. There's something about this card necessarily that feels a bit more fresher, necessarily. Mm. There's they, a lot of potentially quite good stuff. There's at least like kind of I would say five matches in particular where I'm kind of excited to see them. I think they've got a good mix of sort of proper undercard matches and matches that feel like they're proper main events. So I think the the superstar tag match or the dream tag match or the rematch from mm. <laughs> uh, G1 final is going to main event the first half of the show. Yeah. Um, and then I think we'll get Star Osprey and last. But even like Phantasmo Oku, 
that feels like a match that feels reasonably big at this point in time with the way Rev Pro have booked Oku. The Shah Samuels, Josh Bodum against Aussie Open match. It's annoying that Rev Pro have been really slack and quite poor with their VOD service because I've loved this feud and I've seen it live. Mm. And I can see these guys lumping the shit out of one another in this match as well. Um, the idea of Josh Bodum and Shah Samuels in New Japan. I'd love to see. Have you seen Josh Bodum's Instagram? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> wow. That's all I'll say. <laughs> he is the man you see in the ring. That's that's basically it. That's the gist of it. But even Brooks and Gresham, they've got something to prove after their last stinker at your call. And you got MK McKinnon, Dan Maloney, and I've seen MK McKinnon, Dan Maloney get some real pelters from people, mm. thinking that they're a really poor tag team. When I've seen them. I've, I've actually really liked them as a team. I think there's a chemistry. I think Maloney's kind of finding his feet, and lots of people are using Dan Maloney as some, you know, someone to point a finger at because he's saying that British Indies are healthy and the rest of it. Oh, I'm doing. Yeah, that. it was a, it was a bit of an idiotic tweet. I agree. He's coming along a bit as a wrestler as a result of oh, this, yeah. though. And the six-man scramble, got no idea he's going to be in that. Could be some New Robo. Japan guys. Hikaleo. Yeah, A-Kid. I don't know. Has he gone completely? Who knows? But yeah. perhaps Great Akana make his comeback. Maybe. No, you, you haven't, but you haven't sold me on Dan Maloney and MK McKinnon, unfortunately, Joe. But then again, I've not seen it. And that, that, that is a big problem with Red Pro right now, isn't it? Getting that on-demand out yeah. for people, you know, other than the... 200 people in the cockpit to follow along some of these stories. Um, but, I'll, you know, maybe I'll give them a shot. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing the show. So they want to say, just put those cockpit shows out on YouTube. You Let go. people get a bit of an experience. Just put them out on there. Or put matches out. Yes, yeah, mm. certainly put matches out at the very least. Mm, that would make sense. Um, I mean, as far as the New Japan card, uh, that kind of kicks off the, the Saturday. You're both going to mm-hmm. be there. Uh, a press time, I have not, but... Uh, I mean, it seems like a silly question to say what jumps out at you from that show, but for me, it's Ishii Kenta. Um, but yep. there's plenty of uh, strong stuff uh, on that card. Well, they've got authentic young lions in this. We're going to get an authentic young lions match in the <laughs> opener. I think that's the big news to take away from this card. Fucking perv. <laughs> Other than that, I'll pretend you didn't say it. Ishii, Ishii Kenta, because I'm, I'm just more curious about how this is going to be sort of. The first big match post angle, mm. see, like post the the angle they did at the G one, and it's this match, and I think they would put the never title on him. Mm. That wouldn't be any kind of a surprise at all. They don't They'd go with the push, it. wouldn't it? It work well. You'd, you'd you'd go with the push on there as yeah. The mm. other ones, I mean, plus the it's other the never matches, belt, it's kind of that that middle. Yeah. It's it's not really a heavyweight belt. It's not a lightweight belt. It's ideal and, for him, especially with him being quite small. Exactly. And it sounds like I'm sort of passing the main events by because I think that in and of themselves, I'm really looking forward to them. They're New Japan canon matches being given a kind of proper stature in a proper arena. So I'm looking forward to that. But I have to say, if Aussie Open end up winning, and I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if they don't, the idea of Aussie Open getting that, like, they'll have a job on their hands with those Tongans. Because if, unless you're the Briscoes, they don't want to fucking know generally and they have dull matches. If they can get anything out of them in that, that would be fantastic. I would just hope they have a really good match. I'd rather it be Shah Samuels and Bodum, because I reckon that would suit the Tongan style more. Yeah, it would. And also, I love Shah, and I love Bodum, and I see Ozzy open everywhere. You like like As far as, like, they could take the opportunity and run with it, though, come on, it's got to be Ozzy open. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see why everyone would say that, but you know, I'm a I'm a Shah Samuels man. <laughs> You're a Jeff Bowden gr- man, is what you are. 
<laughs> another great Instagram account is Shah Samuel's account. I'll say that. It looks like he's having a great time with his kids over the oh, summer. We haven't talked about that, <laughs> did we? Uh, <laughs> after, after we did our podcast where we were talking at length about home and bargain and B&M bargains in Preston City Centre, he, uh, he oh. found himself having a brawl in a, in a home and bargains up and down the aisles. Uh, definitely a listener, Shah. He must, have been, he must have been influenced by us. That's the only explanation for me. Well, a top bloke with top taste, listening to top podcasts. What what more can you say about the man? And how can we not be wishing that he ends up mm. kicking the ass of Tamatonga on the weekend? Go. I would just say it was fun watching him kick Tal Bannum's ass, who I thought did a cracking job in that um, home bargains as well. That suplex he took looks like you'd be fucking feeling that if I slipped over on those floors and you know you'd certainly oh. hurt your ass if you fell down let alone take a suplex you know? the, the people the people in that in that supermarket in the in the home and bargain could shouldn't say supermarket that's strong words for uh, for home bargains <laughs> but also home bargains not home and bargain sorry that's the scouse of me slipping out yeah the, <laughs> the patrons there looked pretty shocked by it I've been in that home bargains I'm pretty sure I've been to one of those PCW <laughs> flag market shows where you can just go in there and get a couple of beers and then stand outside in the street so, it's like it was like 2015 15, I think, first time I saw Tony Storm. First time I saw, I think, Bubba Ray Dudley was standing on a tank. Uh, great memories of that of that, uh, that Preston home bargain. So glad to see Shaw do it right. He did well. He did a cracking job. <laughs> like, just don't want him to go to NXT UK. No, I'd have him on this side of the wall. But yeah, there you go. Easy, at least he's, he's out. He's potentially out here uh, with, with RevPro and New Japan rather than on the DDB side. But then again, maybe maybe we've just uh, spoiled it there. Maybe that tips exactly who, who's winning this tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. And, and I mean, but I mean, nonetheless, it's interesting with the tag match. And to be honest, if they'd given me Tangaloa, Tamatonga and uh, versus LIJ, that would have been the point I said, Joe, I'll be back in about 15 to 20 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. I won't have missed anything. And you won't have been watching the match anyway. Uh, so at least I'm it's like something different. Yeah. 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 Anything on the Murthrow and Osprey in the in the tag? It'll be a fun tag. Him and Robbie Eagles against Ishimori and Alphonse yeah. as well. I think it'll be a good match, but I do think they're really missing an opportunity here. I get he's got a big match the night before with Stars. He's main event in. Mm. But I do think that having mm. Osprey in like a really prominent singles match isn't the best move and I think you can make he's a star anyway but you can cement that star even further with a UK audience if you put Osprey in a featured match against a major guy on this show and I do think yeah it's a bit of an oversight yeah I would say that I mean as much as I kind of like the idea of having you know it's wild seeing Ibushi in the second match for example but you know why not be the first time I ever would have seen him live but yeah it does feel a waste particularly with Osprey not being in there. I kind of get why. I mean, it would have been a great stage for an Osprey Phantasmo match. Osprey Zach. Yeah, I know. On that stage. I I honestly think... I I wonder how it goes. I think after it depends on when they go back to the copper box, if they go back to the copper box. I think Tanahashi is going to be Zach, and I think Osprey is going to be Tanahashi and win the belt at Tokyo Dome. I'd take it. Mm That's what I see happening. Rematch okay. for G one. Yeah, go back. Yeah, do that again. That'd make sense. Gives a gives some gravitas as well, doesn't it? To the kind because of, I mean, Okada's not losing to Suzuki, so you kind of do want to have that that big moment, don't you? On your on your big show in front of the uh, the six thousand strong. Yeah. You know, live at home. Now you said he, 
Sorry, I was just going to say, you're live at home for the likes of me paying 25 fight bucks. Um, oh my god, is that much it is? Not being on New Japan World, Japan. yeah, yeah. That's poor, that's yeah, poor. That, that's odd, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of, I know, I heard uh, John and Way say this on on post, and I think they're right. You know, you would say it's a slam dunk that people are going to watch this show over watch uh, TakeOver Cardiff, but then again, one's free on the network and one they're expecting $25 for with a, yep. a drop date on New Japan World sometime in September. Might actually be more in it than uh, than we thought. Benno, you're spending twenty five pound. Shell it a bit more. Come on down. <laughs> I'm not spending twenty five fight bucks. Is the point? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> is there is a bed in yours, JP? The... If I do change my mind last minute. There is, mate. Okay. Don't you worry about that. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll then again. Space. Oh, go on. No, there's always space, mate. Get yourself down it. Good lad. Well, then again, I might just find myself in Cardiff instead. Because apparently during this show, there's going to be, again, somehow almost 4,000 people uh, in Cardiff watching NXT UK TakeOver. I saw Will kind of speculate that it's the, it can't be the card. It can't be the storylines. It's just the WWE branding. People have been sold on a, on a WWE show in, in Cardiff and they're all coming out. Strangely, you know, we had a couple of people saying as well, uh, you kind of replied to us on Twitter saying how weird is it that, you know, that... They're advertising this takeover as allegedly being sold out, but yet you can still buy tickets for it. I've never heard that before, where a promotion is actively saying you can't buy tickets, but you actually can. Uh, but somehow, yeah, they've they're going to put up, you know upwards of three thousand people uh, in a building for it. Uh, anything stand out from the Cardiff card for you? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of stuff that I've already seen, um, I'm trying to think. There's no Jordan Devlin on this show. Mm. Is that about right? No, no, he's nowhere to be seen, which is a travesty considering not many people have got mm. momentum in NXT UK. And granted, it's been a few weeks since I've been watching it, but it did feel like he was someone who had the mo- momentum this year um, that somehow was carried yeah. over from his, his great work in OTT and to a lesser extent progress. Main event would be good. Tyler Bate is very cold for me because I never see him. Yeah, I'm sure that main event will be good. But at the same time, what other matches are there? Gnome Dar, Travis Banks. Gnome Dar, shit. Travis Banks was like a forgotten man in my mind. We started this podcast a couple of years ago. You know, he was being spoken about constantly. Now feels like a bit of an irrelevance because he's in NXT UK, the place where rest is going to die. Um, ah, who's Pete Dunne facing? I don't even know. Is he on the card? Can't remember. He's not. But Cesaro announced on Twitter today that he was going to be there live and Pete Dunne did some uh, googly eyes emoji at him. Maybe we'll get that. That's a bit more interesting than everything else on this card. Yeah, Best I'm sure that could be fine. But at the same time, you've got to have a Joe Coffey match on this show. Joe Coffey's a Joe Bastard. When you're hoping and... for the work rate from Travis Banks and Noam Dar, and I do love Travis Banks, you know you're struggling uh, as far as the card goes. three hours to fill with five matches on this. I'm, Two I'm worried matches. about. Yeah. I'm worried about those Gallus matches. I can't wait to watch it with you the morning after yeah. uh, Royal Quest and All Out, JP. What a yeah. weekend of wrestling this is going to be. I'm just <laughs> going to bring things completely down a level watching that. Nah, we'll have a laugh. We'll we have will have a laugh, laugh if worry. nothing else. Yeah, yeah. You can Very get the true. coffees on. I'll that pop to Greg's, be. possibly. Yeah, I'm up for that. Go on, Benno. You know it's calling you, mate. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll do a Twitter poll to decide my weekend plans. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned it, the, the main event of the weekend, because there really isn't much else to talk on that card, unless you really... Yeah, maybe I should come down... Oh, no. Yeah, maybe I should stay around and watch it, just because I'll get to watch Tyler Bates and, uh, and Walter have a, a match live for once. Uh, maybe that'll make it <laughs> worth it. 
Um, that's a match. I'm sure it'll be great, but you know, I still don't care about the feud going in. Uh, but yeah. the, the main events of the weekend is all out uh, that we happen on live. Uh, I think again, I think they've done a good job with the the Pac Kenny Omega thing. I think they are struggling though for a, a I don't know a match that that really really means something to go on last because I don't think you can put that mm-hmm. on last as a dream match. But I do think. You might have been able to do it when it was Pac, sorry, when it was Kenny Omega and uh, and John Moxley, because for me, the coldest match on this show, it's Chris Jericho and some bloke called Adam Page. Uh, mm. I know it's the Pac stuff that caused the problem in the first place, but I don't know. That's probably of the card, probably the match I'm least hyped for, and I think a lot of it is maybe mm, I'm not sure if Adam Page should be in this position yet. It's been he's been unlucky. He's had the injury as well, and mm. that's kind of destabilised a lot of it. And it's not like the match he had with Pack in Nottingham inexplicably was it didn't seem necessarily like it was a great match. It was mm. good for what it was. It was good for what it was, but <clears throat> at the same time, you're not talking major league company main event world championship match that would be going on last. That's and that's the issue. Is it kind of doesn't have that stature and gravitas for it? I think AEW is. For someone like a page, it's actually put a bit of a disadvantage because mm. when AEW started, he was on a roll. He had the most momentum he'd ever had. He was improving as a wrestler. He was wrestling a regular schedule against good opponents. He was having really good matches. AEW comes along. Yeah, the Bucks and Kenny, you could argue he needed a rest. Maybe they're a little bit overexposed. You know, I've missed I've missed Kenny, especially this year. Maybe not so much the Bucks, right? Cody, maybe need a rest as well. Mm. Page has been in the same position. I think they should let Page go out and work a regular schedule. I think they should let him build his brand on the indies, having great matches on the indies during that time to get him ready for this match, if anything. Because I think last year, after G1, it felt like the highest his stock has been. And I really feel like he was another guy who needed another proper New Japan run, maybe another G1 under his belt. Mm. And yeah, I think that he's the coldest he's probably been in about two years, mm. unfortunately. And it feels weird that he's in this main event. They were backed into a corner. I think there were better ways they could have got about it. I think, you know, it was kind of panic stations. I also think they could have maybe put the title on ice and thought about another way to establish a title because I think the way they've gone about it is a bit rash mm. and it doesn't make the title feel as important as it otherwise could have been either. Um, yeah. For I'm, a company I, that's bigged up the importance <coughs> of titles and wins and losses. Yeah. Exactly. And I love Chris Jericho. I'm sure the match will be all right. I'm sure we'll get something out of him. Um, I can see the stars kind of mesh him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't say it's a match that I'm excited for. Omega Pack, on the other hand, is a match that I am excited for. And people have said it's lacking build. It doesn't need build. Think about what Omega and Pack do with matches that have no build. Mm. I think they're going to be absolutely fine. Kenny and Megan go in there in a G1 against some cold and get a four and a half star match out of them. We saw Pack wrestle Michael Oku. I know it's a completely different context. Mm. And Carl wrestlers. Yeah. And he had four star plus matches with them. You know, he's that sort of wrestler. Omega's that sort of wrestler. I'm sure this will be great. Mm. Yeah, I think that. I, I think, and I think I'm not always a bigger fan of Kenny Omega's <laughs> kind of some of his tendencies in his big matches, but I think Pack. In the way that he works, is more as an old school heel. I think it's going to be the Kenny Omega that I like too. So I'm hyped yeah. for it. I, th- I still think, yeah, I think I agree with it. It'll be, it'll be the match of the night. I don't think Paige Sherry Hall come close. I think the the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks that ladder match. I think that that'll be fun. I know people are kind of tired of that combination, but I still think based on, especially on the first match that they had um, in AEW, 
uh, a double or nothing. I think you know if it's if it's to that standard again, and especially you know it being a ladder match as well, that for me feels can't miss. Excited for that. Uh, Undercard doesn't have a huge amount going for it. Cody and Sean Spears. I know the the YouTube videos have been very good with bringing in the Tully Blanchard mm-hmm. and doing a lot of the promos and stuff, but it's still Sean Spears at the end of the day. I think it's going to be a real proving ground for him uh, for him to change some minds myself included but i do think you know based on cody's recent vintage i think there's every every chance that could be strong too yeah i'm a bit more open-minded about that one in terms of i've not minded the sean spear stuff necessarily he's played into sort of the character work quite well so i think there's the potential like you say it should be big in the kind of cody formula but except this time i can see cody would have to lose in order for this to have legs and build up sean spears so maybe they'll go in that direction. Maybe they'll do something with MJF necessarily in relation to this as well. There are interesting directions they can go in and very much the Cody storylines are the story storylines of, of AEW. So um, as a match itself, I'm hope it's more like kind of in hope that mm. I haven't seen any wrestling really for sort of a couple of weeks. I'm kind of like, well, okay, I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes. We're going to have our fill of it this weekend. We really it feels are. like the season ended with the G1 final. We've had a very quick pre-season and now the season's underway again this weekend. Mm. Yeah, that's it. I'm planning on, if I don't come down, uh, going to Matthews and literally watching AEW from start to finish, throwing NXT on uh, and then turning over to a... Sorry, Start with Royal Quest, throw it on NXT, and then throw an AW on when it starts, whether I've finished NXT or not. Uh, that's kind of my plan. But yeah, after a after a couple of dead weeks, uh, can't really complain. Uh, even if we will complain, probably loudly about NXT. I think even that'll be a laugh just watching the uh, the Scottish lads in beards um, and seeing how it compares to the rest of the shows that weekend. I think it really is. It's going to get lost in the conversation. I think we're probably we're going to be on this show next Monday. Probably raving about AEW and probably raving about Royal Quest. Uh, mm. But, you know, you never know. Noam Dar might pull it out uh, and we might get something special from, from NXT UK as well. I'm doubtful, but it is possible. <laughs> That's it. Uh, anything more from you guys on the, on the weekend or as a whole? Uh, Joe, I can hear your voice going. Uh, it's uh, It's been a long mm. weekend for you. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we should wrap. <laughs> I'd love to get a bed. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Any more stripper stories to tell us, or or anything else like that? Uh, oh God, I I hope I never have another stripper story <laughs> as long as I live, because I don't ever want to step into a strip club again. Oh. I've been into strip clubs probably five times ever. I've hated every minute I... I've been in strip clubs. I've always come out of a, an elaborate story. <laughs> I'll say that. Much. And from a social and social social anthropology perspective absolutely fascinating but you know what I've, I've had my fill of strip clubs over the years I'll leave them to JP the filthy best <laughs> I, don't, I don't go I, to them I can't remember if I mentioned this podcast before you just reminded me but like there was once when I was out in Liverpool and a night house and it was like four in the morning and I was about to go home and two, two Liverpool have been playing that day and two Norwegian lads you know typical Liverpool fans from Norway uh, came over to me and were desperate to find the local strip club Dragged me into X in the city. I was dragged in, kicking and screaming, lads. Uh, and then they, they paid me in, bought all my drinks, 
kept trying to buy me dances. It's one of the best nights of my life because they were made up because they're from Norway and a pint's usually £15 and I think a stripper cost you a small house. So I was their hero for the evening for, for guiding them there. And it was it was one of the be- one of the better nights of my life until I went to the bar, thought I'll buy them a drink. I thought, I thought you know, I, I owe them. They've been spending loads of money here. I think I should, should get them a drink back. Went to the bar, came back and they just disappeared. They were gone and disappeared into the night. And I only found out, like, I think, like, six months later, I went into my other messages on Facebook Messenger and found that I had a message from one of them. And apparently they'd been kicked out. And they were they said something like, oh, we had a great time. We'd love to hang out with you again if you're uh, if we're ever back in Liverpool. So, Norway, lads, if you're listening, I'll go to the strip club <laughs> with you again, but I won't go under any other circumstance. X in the city. <laughs> Jesus. That yeah. is... No, but the, that's the, my stripper story. The, Unless you've got any JP, maybe we should wrap. I, I, uh, it's too late now. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> if you want to know JP's stripper story, just talk to no. Jeff Ogden on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Ogden O2, is it? Something like that? He'll tell you. <laughs> that hair of bastards. Awesome. Well, like I said, we'll be back on Monday. I'm sure we'll have possibly more stripper stories, lots of wrestling reviews and news, and yeah, we'll have that big weekend to talk about so yeah that's us for us for another show we'll see you on monday bye Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts.